I'm back. Hello and welcome to Lexicon. It is Maddie and Dylan doing a quick intro. Now, uh, last year around this time, in the tradition of It's a Clerks 1 and 2, Mario Rats, and Mario Hamilton, we presented Mario Wars, in which we performed the script for Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope, on the occasion of its 45th anniversary as characters from the Super Mario games, as well as some characters from adjacent video game worlds. This year, with Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, celebrating its 40th anniversary, we're doing Mario Wars, Return of the Plumber. Now, the performance you are about to hear was recorded in one sitting with no rehearsal other than working out the voices, which aren't intended as imitations of other versions of the characters, but merely our personal takes, which we've tried to keep relatively consistent throughout our Mario audio universe. Most of the minor stumbles in the reading are left in, though we did do retakes where we felt they were warranted. Beyond that, what you hear is our first reading of the script straight through from beginning to end. It may be a little rough around the edges, but hopefully no less fun or charming for it. That being said, we hope that you enjoy listening to it as much or more than we enjoyed doing it. And without any further ado, let's get the conversation started. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Lukiji Skywalker has returned to his home planet of Tatooine in an attempt to rescue his friend Mario Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Bowser the Hutt. Little does Lukiji know that the Galactic Empire has secretly begun construction on a new armored space station even more powerful than the first dreaded Death Star. When completed, this ultimate weapon will spell certain doom for the small band of rebels struggling to restore freedom to the galaxy. Pan down to reveal a monstrous half-completed Death Star, its massive superstructure curling away from the completed section like the arms of a giant octopus. Beyond, in benevolent contrast, floats the small green moon of Endor. An Imperial Star Destroyer moves overhead towards the massive armored space station, followed by two zipping TIE fighters. A small Imperial shuttle rockets from the main bay of the ship and hustles towards the Death Star. Interior, Imperial shuttle, cockpit. The shuttle captain, Lockatoo, makes contact with the Death Star. Command station, this is ST-321, code clearance blue. We're starting our approach. Deactivate the security shield. Well, the security deflector shield will be deactivated when we have confirmation of your code transmission. Stand by. You are clear to proceed. We're starting our approach. Interior, Death Star, control room. Buzzy beetles move about among the control panels. A buzzy beetle hits switches beside a large screen, on which is a display of the Death Star, the moon Endor, and a bright web delineating the invisible deflector shield. Alakatu rushes over to a buzzy beetle. Inform the commander that Lord Raider shuttle has arrived. Yes, sir. The Lockatoo moves to a viewport and watches as the Imperial shuttle lands in the massive docking bay. A squad of Imperial Koopa Troopers moves into formation before the craft. Interior, Death Star, main docking bay. The Death Star commander, Moff Goombarad, a tall, confident technocrat, strides through the assembled troops to the base of the shuttle ramp. The troops snap to attention. Many are uneasy about the new arrival, but the Death Star commander stands arrogantly tall. The exit hatch of the shuttle opens with a whoosh, revealing only darkness. Then, heavy footsteps and mechanical breathing. From the black void appears Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith. Vader looks over the assemblage as he walks down the ramp. Lord Vader, this is an unexpected pleasure. We're honored by your presence. <sighs> Wah! You may dispense with the pleasantness, Commander. <sighs> Wah! I'm here to put you back on schedule. The Commander turns ashen and begins to shake. I assure you, Lord Vader, my men are working as fast as they can. <sighs> Wah! Perhaps I can find new ways to motivate them. I tell you, this station will be operational as planned. Wah! The Emperor does not share your optimistic appraisal of the situation. But he asked the impossible. I need more men. Wah! Then perhaps you can tell him when he arrives. The Emperor's coming? That is correct, Commander. Wah! 
and he is most displeased with your apparent lack of progress. We shall double our efforts. Wah, I hope so, Commander, for your sake. The Emperor is not as forgiving as I am. Wah. Exterior, road to Bowser's Palace, Tatooine. A lonely, windswept road meanders through the desolate Tatooine terrain. We hear a familiar, wah, wah, and a distinctive reply before catching sight of R2 Shaitu and D3PO, making their way along the road towards the ominous palace of Bowser the Hutt. Of course I'm worried, and you should be too. Sonic, Lucy, and Emperor Donkey Kong never returned from this awful place. Wah, wah, wah. Don't be so sure. If I told you half the things I've heard about this Bowser the Hutt, you'd probably short-circuit. The two droids fearfully approach the massive gate to the palace. Shaitu, are you sure this is the right place? I'd better knock, I suppose. Exterior, Bowser's Palace, gate. 3PO looks around for some kind of signaling device, then timidly knocks on the door. There doesn't seem to be anyone there. Let's go back and tell Master Lukiji. A small hatch in the middle of the door opens to reveal a Phantos, which inspects the two droids. Teach you the hat yet. Goodness gracious me. 3PO points to Shaitu, then to herself. The Phantos looks from one robot to the other. <laughs> the Phantos flies away. The hatch slams shut. Aww. I don't think they're going to let us in, Shaitu. We'd better go. 3PO turns to leave. <laughs> Suddenly, the massive door starts to rise with a horrific metallic screech. The robots turn back and face an endless black cavity. The droids look at one another, afraid to enter. Shaitu starts forward into the gloom. 3PO rushes after her stubby companion. The door lo lowers noisily behind them. Shaitu, wait. Oh, dear. Shaitu, Shaitu. I really don't think we should rush into all this. Shaitu continues down the corridor with 3PO following. Oh, Shaitu, Shaitu, wait for me. Interior, Bowser's Palace, hallway. The door slams shut with a loud crash that echoes throughout the dark passageway. The frightened robots are met by two giant piglin guards who fall behind them. 3PO glances quickly back at the two lumbering brutes, then back to Shaitu. <coughs> Just you deliver Master Lukiji's message and get us out of here. Oh my, oh no. Walking toward them out of the darkness is Mouser Tuna, a humanoid mouse in sunglasses. Daiwana Wanga! Oh my, Dairana Waga, we, we bring a message to your master, Bowser the Hutt. Wah, 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 wah. And a gift. Gift? What gift? Mal shakes his head negatively. Ni laba nubada, mi chade su goody. Mal holds out his hand towards Shaitu and the tiny droid backs up a bit. Wah, wah, wah. 3PO looks to the strange-looking alien. He says that our instructions are to give it only to Bowser himself. Mal thinks about this for a moment. I'm terribly sorry. I'm afraid he's ever so stubborn about these sort of things. Mao gestures for the droids to follow. Nudja! The droids follow the tall, whiskered alien into the darkness, trailed by the two guards. Shaitu, I have a bad feeling about this. Interior, Bowser's throne room. The throne room is filled with the vilest, most grotesque creatures ever conceived in the universe. Shaitu and 3PO seem very small as they pause in the doorway to the dimly lit chamber. Light shafts partially illuminate the drunken courtiers as Mouser Tuna crosses the room to the platform upon which rests the leader of this nauseating crowd, Bowser the Hutt. The monarch of the galactic underworld is a repulsive blob of bloated fat with a maniacal grin. Chained to the horrible creature is a beautiful alien female dancer named Aerith. At the foot of the dais sits an obnoxious monkey-like creature, Diddy Crumb. Mao whispers something in the slobbering degenerate's ear. Good morning. Bullshudda. 
The robots jump forward to stand before the repulsive, loose-skinned villain. The message, Shaitu, the message. A beam of light projects from the masked face, creating a hologram of Lukiji on the floor. The image grows to over ten feet tall, and the young Jedi towers over the space gangsters. Uh, greetings, exalted one. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Lukiji Skywalker, a Jedi and Knight and a friend to Captain Solo. I know that you are powerful, the mighty Bowser, and that your anger with Mario must be equally powerful. I seek an audience with your greatness to bargain for Mario's life. The crowd laughs. With your wisdom, I'm sure that we can work out an arrangement which will be mutually beneficial and enable us to avoid any unpleasant confrontation. As a token of my goodwill, I present you a gift. These are two droids. 3PO is startled by this announcement. What did he say? Both are hard-working and will serve you well. This can't be. Shaitu, you're playing the wrong message. Lukiji's hologram disappears. Legend. May I not give up my favorite decoration? You shall but the light, Captain Solo, where he is. Ha <laughs> Bowser looks towards an alcove beside the throne. Hanging high, flat against the wall, exactly as we saw him last, is a carbonized Mario Solo. Shaitu, look, Captain Solo, and he's still frozen in carbonite. Interior, dungeon corridor. One of Bowser's piggling guards marches Shaitu and 3PO down a dank, shadowy passageway lined with holding cells. The cries of unspeakable creatures bounce off the cold stone walls. Occasionally, a repulsive arm or tentacle grabs through the bars at the hapless droids. Who could possibly have come over Master Lukiji? Is it something I did? He never expressed any unhappiness with my work. Oh, oh, hold it. Oh. A large tentacle wraps around 3PO's neck. He manages to break free, and they move on to a door at the end of the corridor. Interior, boiler room. The door slides open, revealing a room filled with steam and noisy machinery. The guard motions them into the boiler room, where they are met by a short, silver, humanish robot named Chibi Robo. Behind the robot can be seen a torture rack, pulling the legs off of a screaming work droid. A second power droid is upside down. As smoke... King Branding Irons are pressed into his feet. The stubby robot lets out an agonized electronic scream. Shaitu and 3PO cringe as the guard grunts to Chibi Robo. Akkad, new acquisitions. You are a protocol droid, aren't you? I am D3PO. Human sir. Yes or no will do. Oh, well, yes. How many languages do you speak? I am fluent in over six million forms of communication and can readily... Splendid. We have been without an interpreter since our master got angry with our last protocol droid and disintegrated him. Disintegrated? God, this protocol droid might be useful. Fit her with a restraining bolt and take her to His Excellency's main audience chamber. The guard shoves 3PO towards the door. As she disappears from view... Shaitu, don't leave me! Oh! Shaitu lets out a plaintive cry as the door closes. You're a feisty little one, but soon you'll learn some respect. I have need for you on the master sail barge, and I think you'll fit in nicely. The poor work droid in the background lets out another tortured electronic scream. Interior, Bowser's throne room. The court of Bowser the Hutt is in the midst of a drunken, raucous party. Sloppy, smelly monsters cheer and make rude noises a pair of dancers, Aerith and Tifa, perform in front of Bowser's throne. Bowser leers at the dancer's and, with a lustful gleam in his eye, beckons Aerith to come and sit with him. She stops dancing and backs away, shaking her head. Bowser gets angry and points to a spot next to him. Da Ether! The lovely ancient shakes her head again and screams. 
Not Chuba, nigga, Tori. No, no, not Tuta. Bowser is furious and pulls her towards him, tugging on the chain. Bosca! He pushes a button and, before the dancer can flee, a trap door on the floor springs open and swallows her up. As the door snaps shut... <laughs> Several revelers hurry over to watch her fate through a grate. 3PO cringes and glances wistfully at the carbonite form of Mario Solo, but is immediately distracted by an unseen gunshot, and a natural quiet sweeps the boisterous gathering. On the far side of the room, the crush of debauchers moves aside to allow the approach of two guards, followed by Samus, a bounty hunter cloaked in round-shouldered yellow armor with a red helmet, leading their captive, Mario Solo's co-pilot, Donkey Kubaka. Mao takes his place next to his disgusting master and whispers into his ear, pointing at Donkey Kubaka and the bounty hunter. Bowser listens intently, then the bounty hunter bows before the gangster and speaks a greeting in an electronically processed tongue. I've come for the bounty on this rookie. Oh no, Donkey Kubaka... The mighty Donkey Kubaka! Bowser turns to 3PO, waving her closer. The reluctant droid obeys. Oh, uh, yes, uh, I am here, your worshipfulness. Uh, yes. Oh, the illustrious Bowser bids you welcome and will gladly play, pay you the reward of 25,000. Samus studies the dangerous creatures around the room as they listen. They notice Bowser Jr. Fett standing near the door. I want 50,000, no less. 50,000, no less. Bowser immediately flies into a rage, knocking the golden droid off the raised throne into a clattering heap on the floor. Samus adjusts their weapon. Three PO struggles back onto the throne. The disheveled droid tries to compose herself. Oh, uh, but what what did I say? Uh, the mighty Bowser asks why he must pay fifty thousand. The bounty hunter holds up a small silver ball in her hand. 3PO looks at it, then looks at Bowser, then back at the bounty hunter. The droid is very nervous, and Bowser is getting very impatient. Because they're holding a thermal detonator. The guards instantly fall back away, as do most of the other monsters in the room. Bowser stares at the silver ball, which begins to glow in the bounty hunter's hand. The room has fallen into a tense hush. Bowser stares at the bounty hunter malevolently until a sly grin creeps across his vast mouth. Bowser offers the sum of 35, and I do suggest you take it. Mao and the other monsters study the bounty hunter and wait for his reaction. Samus releases a switch on the thermal detonator, and it goes dead. Zebus. They agree. The raucous crowd of monsters erupts in a symphony of cheers and applause as the party returns to its full noisy pitch. As DK is led away, we spot Sonic Calrissian, disguised as a skiff guard in a partial face mask. The band starts up and dancing girls take the center of the floor to the hoots of the loudly appreciative creatures. Samus leans against the column with gunfighter cool and surveys the scene, their gaze stopping only when it connects with the glare from across the room. Bowser Jr. Fed is watching them. Samus shifts slightly, cradling their weapon lovingly. Bowser Jr. shifts with equally ominous arrogance. Interior, dungeon corridor and cell. Piglin guards lead DK down the same hallway we saw before. A tentacle reaches out at the Wookiee. <laughs> the tentacle snaps back into its cell in terror. It takes all the guards to hurl DK roughly into a cell, slamming the door behind him. As he howls, DK bangs on the iron door. 
Exterior, Bowser's Palace. The palace is sitting in the light of the double sunset. On the road in front, a wiggler flicks its tongue out for a desert snack and burps in satisfaction. Interior, Bowser's Palace. Silence. The room is deserted, only the awful debris of the alien celebration giving mute witness to the activity here before. Several drunk creatures lie unconscious around the room, snoring loudly. A shadowy figure moves stealthily among the columns at the perimeter of the room and is revealed to be Samus, the bounty hunter. They pick their way carefully through the snoring, drunken monsters. Mario Solo, the frozen space pirate, hangs spotlighted on the wall, his coffin-like case suspended by a force field. The bounty hunter deactivates the force field by flipping a control switch to one side of the coffin. The heavy case slowly lowers to the floor of the alcove. Samus steps up to the case, studying Mario, then turns to the controls on the side of the coffin. They activate a series of switches and, after one last, hesitant look at Mario, slides the decarbonization lever. The case begins to emit a sound as the hard shell covering the contours of Mario's face begins to melt away. The bounty hunter watches as Mario's body is freed of its metallic coat and his forearms and hands, previously raised in reflexive protest, drop slackly to his side. His face muscles relax from their mask of horror. He appears quite dead. Samus's red helmet leans close to Mario's face, listening for the breath of life. Nothing. They wait. Mario's eyes pop open with a start and he begins coughing. The bounty hunter steadies in the staggering newborn. Just relax for a moment. You're free of the carbonate. Mario touches his face with his hands. Oh! You have hibernation sickness. I can't see. Your eyesight will return in time. Oh, oh, where am I? Bowser's palace. Who are you? The bounty hunter reaches up and lifts the helmet from their head, revealing the beautiful face of Princess Peach. Someone who loves you. Peach! I gotta get you out of here. As Peach helps her weakened lover to stand up, the relative quiet is pierced. <laughs> What's that? To, I know that to laugh. The curtain on the far side of the alcove opens, revealing Bowser the Hutt, surrounded by Mouser Tuna and other aliens. <laughs> hey, Bowser, look, Bowser, I was just on my way to pay you back, but I got a little sidetracked. Is it not my fault? The guards grab Mario and start to lead him away. Bowser, I'll pay you a triple. You are throwing away a fortune here. I don't to be a fool. Mario was dragged off as Sonic quickly moves forward and attempts to lead Peach away. Sonic and a second guard drag the beautiful young princess towards him. 3PO peeks from behind a monster and quickly turns away in disgust. We have powerful friends. You're going to regret this. Inexorably, her lovely face moves to within a few inches of Bowser's ugly blob of a head and Peach turns away in disgust. Oh, I can't bear to watch. Interior, dungeon cell. The heavy metal door of the dungeon winds and slowly creaks open. A guard throws the blinded star captain into the dark cell and the door slams shut behind him, leaving only a thin sliver of light from a crack in the door. Mario was trying to collect himself when, suddenly, <laughs> Mario jumps back against the cell door and listens. Adike, Adike, is that to you? From the shadowy figure we hear, they then race toward Mario, lifting him off the ground with a big hug that carries him into the light, revealing Donkey Kong. Ah, a DK. Oh, ah, oh, ah, ah. oh, wait, I can't see, pal. What's going on? Oh, ah, 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 oh, 
Interior, main gate and hall, Bowser's Palace. Noisily, the main gate lifts to flood the blackness with blinding light and reveal the silhouetted figure of Lukiji Skywalker. He is clad in a robe similar to Wario's and wears neither pistol nor laser sword. Lukiji strides purposefully into the hallway. Two giant guards move to block Lukiji's path. Lukiji halts. Lukiji raises his hand and points at the puzzled guards, who immediately lower their spears and fall back. The young Jedi lowers his hand and moves on down the hallway. Mouser Tuna appears out of the gloom. Muchukata Nika Duka Skywalker! Lukiji doesn't stop, and Mal must reverse his direction and hurry alongside the young Jedi in order to carry on the conversation. Several of the guards fall in behind them in the darkness. I am must to speak with Bowser. Muchukitaka Bowser Kuchikanakatu! As Mao shakes his head, Lukiji stops and stares at Mao. He raises his hand slightly. You are willing to take me to Bowser now. Mao turns in hypnotic response to Lukiji's command, and Lukiji follows him into the gloom. You are serve your master well. Muchikitaka Bowser now. And you will be rewarded. Interior, Bowser's throne room. Bowser is asleep on his throne, with Peach lying in front of him. Diddy sits by Bowser's tail, watching it wriggle. Peach is now dressed in the skimpy costume of a dancing girl. A chain chomp runs from a manacle necklace at her throat to her new master, Bowser the Hutt. 3PO stands behind Bowser as Mal comes up to the gangster... Turtle. At last, Master Lokiji's come to rescue me. Master! Bowser awakens with a start and Mal continues... Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knighter. Right now, not to admit to him. I must be allowed to speak. Mal parrots Lukichi and Hatties. Michukanaka Matakuta Kacha. Bowser turns furious, clobbers Mal, and shoves him away. I'm a whip man before, uh, Jedi mind tricker. Lukichi stares hard at Bowser. You will bring me, Captain Solo, and the Wookiee to me. Your mind powers will not work on me, boy. And nevertheless, I am taking Captain Solo and his friends. You can either profit by this or be destroyed. It is your choice, but I warn you not to underestimate my powers. <laughs> Master Lukiji, you're standing on... Lukiji reaches out, and a pistol jumps out of a guard's holster and flies into Lukiji's hand. The bewildered guard grabs for it as Bowser raises his hand. Bosca! The floor suddenly drops away, sending Lukiji and the hapless guard into the pit. The pistol goes off, blasting a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> Peach starts forward but is restrained by a guard, Sonic, recognizable beneath his mask. She looks at him and he shakes his head. No. Interior, Rexcorp pit. Lukiji and the guard have dropped 25 feet from a chute into the dungeon-like cage. Lukiji gets to his feet. <laughs> a crowd gathers up around the edge of the pit as a door in the side of the pit starts to rumble open. The guard screams in panic. Luke looks calmly around for a means of escape. Oh no, the Rexcorp. At the side of the pit, an iron door rumbles upwards and a giant T-Rex emerges. The guard runs to the side of the pit and tries futilely to scramble to the top. The majestic beast closes in on him. The Rex Corps moves past Lukiji, and as the guard continues to scramble, the Rex Corps picks him up and pops him into its slavering jaws. <laughs> the guard is swallowed with a gulp. The audience cheers and laughs. The monster turns and starts for Lukiji. The young Jedi dashes away just ahead of the monster, swiping jaws, and picks up the long arm bone of an earlier victim. The monster snaps at Lukiji. At the last moment, Lukiji wedges the bone in the monster's mouth and drops to the floor. The monster bellows in rage and flails about, hitting the side of the pit, causing an avalanche. The monster crunches the bone in his jaws and sees Lukiji, who squeezes into a crevice in the pit wall. Lukiji looks past the monster to the holding cave beyond. On the far side of the holding cave is a utility door, if only he can get to it. The Rex 
escort spots Lukiji and reaches into the crevice for him. Lukiji grabs a large rock and raises it, smashing it down on the Rexcore's finger. Holding tunnel, Rexcore pit. Lukiji makes a run for the holding cave. He reaches the door and pushes a button to open it. When he succeeds, he sees a heavy barred gate between him and safety. Beyond the gate, two guards look up from their dinner. Lukiji turns to see the monster heading for him and pulls with all his might on the gate. The guards move to the gate and start poking at the young Jedi with spears, laughing. Lukiji crouches against the wall as the monster starts to reach for him. Suddenly, he notices a main door control panel halfway up the wall. As the Rexcore moves in for the kill, Lukiji picks up a skull from the cave floor and hurls it at the panel. A split second before the Rexcore reaches Lukiji, the panel explodes. The giant overhead door comes crashing down on the beast's head, squashing it like a sledgehammer on an egg. Interior throne room. A startled gasp is heard from the stunned court. There's consternation at this turn of events. Heads look at Bowser, who is actually turning red with anger. Peach cannot suppress her joy. The guards hurry off. Bring me solo, Nuchakata and Wookie. Nuchakasta for outrage, Chukata. Interior, Rexcore pit. The Rexcore keepers, a pair of Monty Moles, have come into the cage and are examining their dead beast. One of them breaks down and weeps. The other keeper glares menacingly at Lukiji, who is unworried. Several guards rush into the holding tunnel and take Lukiji away. Interior, throne room. The crowd of creepy courtiers parts as Mario and DK are brought into the throne room, and other guards drag Lukiji up the steps. And Mario, Lukiji, are you all right? Fine, together again, huh? I wouldn't miss it. How are we doing? The same as always. Not too bad, huh? Where's a peach? Lukiji looks to Peach. I'm here. 3PO is standing behind the grotesque gangster as he strokes Peach like a pet cat. Several of the guards, including Sonic, bring Luigi from the other side of the room. Bowser Jr. is standing behind Bowser. 3PO steps forward and translates for the captives. Oh dear, his high exaltedness of the great Bowser the Hutt has decreed you are to be terminated immediately. Good. I had to long awaits. You will therefore be taken to the Dune Sea and cast into the Pipe of Cocoon, the nesting place of the all-powerful Piranha Plant. Doesn't it sound so bad? In his belly, you will find a new definition of pain and suffering as you are slowly digested over a thousand years. On a second, I thought, uh, let's pass on that, huh? <laughs> uh, you should have bargained, Bowser. That's the last mistake you'll ever make. <laughs> As the guards drag the prisoners from the throne room, a long cheer rises from the crowd. Peach and DK exchange concerned looks, but Lukiji Skywalker, Jedi warrior, cannot suppress a smile. Exterior, Tatooine, Dune Sea, Skiff. Bowser's huge sail barge moves above the desert surface accompanied by two small skiffs. One of the skiffs glides close, revealing Lukiji, Mario, and DK, all in bonds, surrounded by guards, one of whom is Sonic in disguise. I think my eyes are getting better. Instead of a big darker blur, I see a bigger lighter blur. And there's nothing to see. I used to live here, you know. You're gonna die here, you know. Convenient. I just stick close to DK and the Sonic. I've taken care of everything. Oh, great. Interior, barge observation deck. Bowser the Hutt rides like a sultan in the massive anti-gravity ship. His entire retinue is with him, drinking, eating, and having a good time. Peach is watching her friends in the skiff when the chain attached to her neck is pulled tight and Bowser tugs the scantily clad princess to him. What you might appreciate on me. 3PO wanders among the sail barge aliens, bumping into a droid serving drinks, spilling them all over the place. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, I'm terribly shy too. What are you doing here? Wah, wah, wah. Hmm, I wish I had your confidence. 
Exterior, piranha pit. The convoy moves up over a huge green pipe in the sand. The sail barge stops to one side of the depression, as does the escort skiff. But the prisoner's skiff moves out directly over the center and hovers. At the bottom of the deep cone of sand is a repulsive giant flower, whose mucus-lined mouth is filled with needle-sharp teeth. This is the piranha plant. A plank is extended from the edge of the prisoner's skiff. Guards release Lukiji's hands and shove him out onto the plank above the piranha's mouth. Interior Sail Barge Observation Deck Bowser and Peach are now by the rail, watching. 3PO leans forward towards the slobbering villain. As 3PO steps up to a comlink, Bowser raises his arm and the motley array of intergalactic pirates falls silent. 3PO's voice is amplified across loudspeakers. Victims of the Almighty Piranha, His Excellency hopes that you will all die honorably. But should any of you wish to beg for mercy, the great Bowser of the Hutt will now listen to your pleas. Exterior skiff. Mario steps forward arrogantly and begins to speak. Three PO, you tell her that a slimy piece of a worm ridden of filth, he'll get no such a pleasure from us, alright? A Bowser, this is your last chance. Free us or die. Sonic moves unobtrusively along the skiff as Lukiji shoots a quick look of conspiracy to him. Interior sail barge observation deck. <laughs> the assembled monsters echo Bowser's mocking laughter as Shaitu zips unnoticed up the ramp to the upper deck. The laughter subsides as Bowser speaks into his comm link. <laughs> Bowser makes a thumbs down gesture. Peach looks worried. Exterior barge upper deck. Shaitu appears from below and zips over to the rail facing the pit. Below, in the skiff, Lukiji is prodded by a guard to the edge of the plank over the gaping piranha. Lukiji looks up at Shaitu, then gives a jaunty salute, the signal the little droid has been waiting for. A flap opens on Shaitu's domed head. What you gonna do? Exterior skiff plank. Lukiji is prodded and jumps off the plank to the cheers of the bloodthirsty spectators. But, before anyone can even perceive what is happening, he spins around and grabs the end of the plank by his fingertips. The plank bends wildly from his weight and catapults him skyward. In midair, he does a complete flip and drops down on the end of the plank in the same spot he just vacated but facing the skiff. He casually extends an open palm and, his lightsaber, which Shaitu has sent arcing towards him, drops into his hand. With samurai speed, Lukiji ignites it and attacks the guard who prodded him off the plank, sending the hapless monster screaming overboard. The other guards swarm towards Lukiji. He waves into them, lightsaber flashing. Sonic struggles with another guard at the back of the skiff. Exterior, Piranha Pit. A bewildered guard lands in the soft, sandy slope of the pit and begins sliding. He claws desperately as the plant grabs him with his viscous mouth. Interior sail barge. Bowser watches this and explodes in rage. The guards around him rush off to do his bidding. The scuzzy creatures watching the action from the window are in an uproar. Exterior skiff. Lukiji knocks another guard off the skiff and into the waiting mouth of the piranha. He starts to untie DK's bonds. Easy, DK. At that moment, the deck gunman on the barge unleashes a series of bullet bills from the big cannon on the upper deck. Sonic is tossed from the deck of the rocking skiff. He manages to grab a rope and dangles desperately above the piranha pit. Whoa! Whoa! Help! Exterior, upper deck, sail barge. With two swift strides, the dangerous Bowser Jr. Fett hops into his flying clown car, blasts into the air, and flies from the barge down to the skiff. Exterior, skiff. Bowser Jr. leaps from his clown car and lands on the skiff and starts to aim his laser gun at Lukiji, who has freed Mario and DK from their bonds. But before Bowser Jr. can fire, the young Jedi spins on him, lightsaber sweeping, and hacks the bounty hunter's gun in half. Immediately, the skiff takes another direct hit from the barge's deck gun. Shards of skiff deck fly. DK and Mario are thrown against the rail. Hey, DK, are you okay? Where is he? Oh, oh. I'm okay, pal. 
For a moment, Lukiji is distracted, and in that moment, Bowser Jr. fires a cable out of his armored sleeve. Instantly, Lukiji is wrapped in a strong cable, his arms pinned against his side, his sword arm free only from the wrist down. Lukiji bends his wrist so the lightsaber points straight up to reach the wire lasso and cuts through. Lukiji shrugs away the cable and stands free. Another blast from the barge's deck gun hits near Bowser Jr., and he is knocked unconscious to the deck, next to where Sonic is hanging. Mario! DK! Sonic! Lukiji is a little shaken but remains standing as a fusillade brackets him. The second skiff, loaded with guards firing their weapons, moves in on Lukiji fast. Lukiji leaps toward the incoming second skiff. The young Jedi leaps into the middle of the second skiff and begins decimating the guards from their mist. DK, wounded, tries to lift himself as he guides Mario toward a spear which has been dropped by one of the guards. <laughs> Mario searches the deck as DK barks direction. Finally, he grabs hold of the spear. Bowser Jr. Fett, badly shaken, rises from the deck. He looks over at the other skiff where Lukiji is whipping a mass of guards. Bowser Jr. raises his arm and aims his lethal appendage. <laughs> a Bowser Jr. Fett! A Bowser Jr. Fett! Where? The space pirate turns around blindly and the long spear in his hand whacks squarely in the middle of Bowser Jr.'s clown car. The impact of the swing causes the car to ignite, slams into Bowser Jr. and sends him flying over the second skiff like a missile, smashing against the side of the huge sail barge and sliding away into the pit. His armored body makes its last flight past Sonic and directly into the mucous mouth of the piranha. The plant burps. Interior sail barge. Peach turns from the spectacle outside, leaps onto Bowser's throne, and throws the chain that enslaves her over his head around the bulbous neck. Then she dives off the other side of the throne, pulling the chain violently in her grasp. Bowser's flaccid neck contracts beneath the tightening chain. His huge eyes bulge from their sockets, and his scum-coated tongue flops out. The exalted hut's huge body spasms through its death throes and then slams down into the final stillness. Peach struggles to free herself of her bondage. Exterior skiff. Lukiji continues to destroy the aliens on the guard's skiff as Mario extends his spear downward to Sonic, who is still dangling precariously from a rope on the prisoner's skiff. Sonic, grab it! Lower it! I'm a-trying! A major hit from the barge deck gun knocks the skiff on its side. Mario and almost everything else on board slides overboard. The rope breaks and Sonic falls to the side of the piranha pit. Luckily, Mario's foot catches on the skiff railing and he dangles above Sonic in the pit. The wounded Wookiee holds onto the skiff for dear life as another hit from the deck gun rocks the skiff violently. Whoa, 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 grab him, dickhead. I'm a slipping. DK grabs hold of Mario's feet, holding him upside down as Mario extends the spear towards Sonic, who is clutching to the side of the pit. Grab it! Sasonica! Grab it! Lukiji finishes off the last guard on the second skiff. He sees the deck gun blasting away at his helpless companions. Lukiji leaps from the skiff across a chasm of air to the sheer metallic side of the sail barge. Barely able to get a finger hold, he begins a painful climb up the hill when, suddenly, an axe smashes through a window an inch from his head. With Jedi agility, Lukiji grasps the wrist holding the axe and yanks the helpless guard through the broken window and into the deadly pit. The injured DK is reaching over the rail for the dangling Mario, who is, in turn, blindly reaching down towards the desperate Sonic. The Baron has stopped his slippage down the sandy slope toward the piranha pipe by lying very still. Every time he tries to reach for Mario, the loose sand moves him closer to his final reward. A grab it! Almost a, a you got it! Another bullet bill hits the front of the tilted skiff, causing Sonic to let go of the spear. Hold it! Whoa! Again, Mario extends the spear toward Sonic. Gently now. Oh, all right. Now, easy, easy. Hold me, DK. Ah! The piranha has closed its jaws over Sonic's ankle, dragging him toward the pipe. DK, DK, give me the fire flower. I don't move, Sonic. No, wait. I thought you were blind. It's all right. Trust me. I don't move. All right. 
little higher. Mario adjusts his arm as Sonic lowers his head, and the fuzzy-eyed pirate fires at the plant. Direct hit. The plant releases Sonic, and DK starts to pull them on board the skiff. DK, pull us up. Come on. Okay, up, DK. Up. Exterior, upper deck. The deck gunners have DK and the desperate dangling human chain in their gun sights when something up on deck commands their attention. Lukiji, standing before them like a pirate king, ignites his lightsaber. The deck gunners have barely reached for their pistols before the young Jedi has demolished them. Immediately, Lukiji turns to see two more gunners, who have been uncovering a giant bullet bill launcher at the end of the barge, racing for him, fire their laser pistols. Interior, sail barge, observation deck. Peach is struggling against her chains in desperation as Shaitu zips through the tumult of confused monsters to the rescue. The stubby little droid extends a small laser gun and blasts the chain apart. Come on, we gotta get out of here quick. Shaitu and Peach race for the exit, passing 3PO, who is kicking and screaming as Diddy Crumb, the mo- monkey monster, picks out one of the golden droid's eyes. Not my eyes. Shaitu, help. Quickly, Shaitu. Oh, oh, you beast. Shaitu zips over and zaps Diddy. Sending him skyward, crashing into the rafters of Shaitu, Peach, and 3PO, with their eyes dangling from a wire, hurry off. Exterior, upper deck, sail barge. Lukiji is warding off laser blasts with his lightsaber, surrounded by guards and fighting like a demon. Peach emerges onto the deck as Lukiji turns to face another guard. Get the gun, point it at the deck. Peach turns towards the barge cannon, climbs on the platform, and swivels the gun around. Point it at the deck. A laser blast hits Lukiji's mechanical hand, and he bends over in pain, but manages to swing his lightsaber upward and take out the last of the guards. He looks at the wounded hand, which reveals the mechanism. He flexes the hand. It still works. Near the rail of the upper deck, Shaitu and 3PO steady themselves as 3PO gets ready to jump. Wah, wah, wah! Shaitu, where are we going? I couldn't possibly jump. Shaitu butts the golden droid over the edge and steps off himself, tumbling towards the sand. Lukiji runs along the empty deck toward Peach and the barge gun, which she has brought around to point down at the deck. Uh, Come on! Lukiji has hold of one of the rigging ropes from the mast. He gathers Peach in his other arm and kicks the trigger of the deck gun. The gun blasts a bullet bill into the deck as Lukiji and Peach swing out towards the skiff. Exterior skiff. Mario leans panting against the rail as DK helps Sonic onto the deck. Lukiji and Peach land on the skiff with flair. Let's go, and don't forget the droids. We're on our way. The sail barge is exploding in stages in the distance. Half of the huge craft is on fire. Exterior sand dune. 3PO's legs stick up from the dune where she landed. Next to them, Shaitu's periscope is the only thing above sand. The skiff floats above them and two large electromagnets dangle down on a wire. With a loud clang, both droids are pulled from the sand. Exterior, Dune Sea. The little skiff skips around the burning sail barge, which continues its chain of explosions. As the skiff sails off across the desert, the barge settles to the sand and disappears in one final conflagration. Exterior, Space Above Tatooine. The desolate yellow planet fills the screen. Lukiji's X-Wing appears and peels off to the left. A moment later, the Falcon appears as a dot and grows huge to roar directly above. Interior, X-Wing Cockpit. Lukiji is at the controls, with Shaitu attached behind him outside the canopy. Lukiji speaks into his comm link to the others in the Millennium Falcon. I'll meet you back at the fleet. Hey, the Alliance should be assembled by now. I will. Hey, Lukiji, thanks. Thanks for coming after me. Now I owe you one. A message from Shaitu appears on the small monitor screen in front of Lukiji. He smiles at the monitor and speaks to Shaitu as he pulls a black glove on to cover his wounded mechanical hand. That's all right, Shaitu. We're going to the dino bar system. I have a promise to keep her to an old friend. Exterior, space, Death Star, and Endor. 
A super star destroyer and several ships of the Imperial fleet rest in space above the half-completed Death Star and its green neighbor, Endor. Four squads of TIE fighters escort an Imperial shuttle toward the Death Star. Interior, Death Star, corridor to docking bay. Lord Waiter strides down the hallway, accompanied by a very nervous Death Star commander. Interior, Death Star, docking bay. Thousands of Imperial Koopa Troopas in tight formation fill the mammoth docking bay. Waiter and the officer walk to the landing platform, where the shuttle is just coming to rest. The shuttle's ramp lowers and the Emperor's royal hammer bros come out and create a lethal perimeter. The assembled troops move to rigid attention with a momentous snap. Then, in the huge silence which follows, the Emperor Kamek appears. He is a rather small, shriveled old Magikoopa. His bent frame slowly makes its way down the ramp with the aid of a gnarled cane. He wears a blue cloak and hat. The Emperor's face is covered with opaque spectacles. Commander Goomgerard and Darth Vader kneel to him. The Supreme Ruler of the Galaxy beckons to the Dark Lord. Rise, my friend. Waiter rises and falls in next to the Emperor as he slowly makes his way along the rows of Koopa Troopas. Goombarod and the other commanders stay kneeling until the Supreme Ruler and Waiter, followed by several Imperial dignitaries, pass by. Only then do they join in the procession. <sighs> wow, the Death Star will be completed on schedule. You have done well, Lord Waiter. And now I sense you wish to continue your search for young Skywalker. Yes, my master. Patience, my friend. In time, he'll seek you out. And when he does, you must bring him before me. He has grown strong. Only together can we turn to the, him to the dark side of the force. As you wish. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> they pass along the vast line of Imperial Koopa Troopers. Exterior, Yoshi's house, Dinobah. Once again, Shaitu finds himself waiting around in the damp environs of the Swamp Planet, and he's none too happy about it. Wah. He turns to look at Yoshi's cottage. Warm yellow light escapes the oddly shaped windows to fight the gloom. Interior, Yoshi's house. The tip of a walking stick taps hesitantly across the earthen floor of the cottage. Our view travels up the stick to the small green hand that clutches it, and then to the familiar face of Yoshi, the Jedi Master. His manner is frail, and his voice, though cheerful, seems weaker. Huh, that face you make. Look I so old to young eyes. Lukiji is sitting in a corner of the cramped space and, indeed, his look has been woeful. Caught, he tries to hide it. And no, of course I'm not. Hmm, I do, yes, I do. Sick I have become, old and weak. When 900 years old you reach, look as good you will not. <laughs> Yoshi hobbles over to his bed. Soon I will rest, yes, forever sleep. Earned it, I have. Yoshi sits himself on his bed with great effort. I'm after Yoshi. You can't die. Strong I am with the Force, but not that strong. Twilight is upon me, and soon night must fall. That is the way of things, the way of the Force. But I need your help. I will come back to complete the training. No more training do you require. Already know that which you need. <sighs> Yoshi lies back on his bed. Then I am a Jedi. Yoshi shakes his head. Oh, not yet. One thing remains. Waiter, you must confront Waiter. Then, only then, a Jedi will you be, and confront him you will. Lukiji is in agony. He is silent for a moment, screwing up his courage. Finally, he is able to ask. Master Yoshi, is the daughter Waiter my father? Yoshi's eyes are full of weariness and compassion. An odd, sad smile creases his face. He turns painfully on his side, away from Lukiji. Mm, rest I need, yes, rest. Lukiji watches him. Each moment in eternity. Yoshi, I am Master Noah. Your father he is. Lukiji reacts as if cut. Told you, did he? Yes. A new look of concern crosses Yoshi's face. He closes his eyes. Hmm, an experience.
kisses and unfortunate. And unfortunate that I know the truth. Yoshi opens his eyes again and studies the youth. Hmm. No, unfortunate that you rushed to face him. That incomplete was your training. Not ready for the burden, were you? Well, uh, I'm sorry. Remember, a Jedi's strength flows from the Force. But beware! Anger, fear, aggression, the dark side are they. Once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. He beckons the young Jedi closer to him. Lukiji, Lukiji, do not... Do not underestimate the powers of the Emperor, or suffer your father's fate, you will. Lukiji, when gone am I? <coughs> the last of the Jedi will you be. Lukiji, the Force runs strong in your family. Pass on what you have learned. Lukiji, there is another Sky... Sky... Walker. He catches his breath. A shiver runs through the ancient green creature, and he dies. Lukiji stares at his dead master as he disappears in front of his eyes. Exterior, Dinobah Swamp, X-Wing. Lukiji wanders back to where his ship is sitting. Wah, wah. Lukiji ignores Shaitu. He kneels down, begins to help Shaitu with the ship, then stops and shakes his head dejectedly. I can't do it, Shaitu. I can't go on alone. Yoshi will always be with you. Lukiji looks up to see the shimmering image of Obi-Wario Kenobi. Obi-Wario, why didn't you tell me? The ghost of Obi-Wario approaches him through the swamp. You told me Vader murdered my father. Your father was seduced by the dark side of the Force. He ceased to be Rannikin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. When that happened, the good man who was your father was destroyed. So what I have told you was true, from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Lukiji, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Lukiji is unresponsive. Obi-Wario studies him in silence for a moment. Wanakin was a good friend. Lukiji turns with interest at this. As Obi-Wario speaks, Lukiji settles on a stump, mesmerized. Shaitu comes over to offer his comforting presence. When I first knew him, your father was already a great pilot. But I was amazed how strongly the Force was with him. I took it upon myself to train him as a Jedi. I thought that I could instruct him as well as Yoshi. I was wrong. Lukiji is entranced. There is still good in him. He's more machine than man. Twisted and evil. I can't do it, Ben. You cannot escape your destiny. You must face Darth Vader again. I can't kill my own father. Then the Empire has already won. You are our only hope. Yoshi spoke of another. The other he spoke of is your twin sister. But I have no sister. Hmm. To protect you from the Emperor, you were hidden from your father when you were born. The Emperor knew, as did I, if Wanakin were to have any offspring, they would be a threat to him. That is the reason why your sister remains safely anonymous. A peach. A peach is my sister. Your insight serves you well. Bury your feelings deep down, Lukiji. They do you credit, but they could be made to serve the Emperor. Lukiji looks into the distance, trying to comprehend all this. Exterior space, rebel fleet. The vast rebel fleet stretches as far as the eye can see. Overhead, a dozen small Corellian battleships fly in formation. Fighters and battlecruisers surround the largest of the rebel star cruisers, the headquarters frigate. Interior, headquarters frigate, main briefing room. Hundreds of rebel commanders of all races and forms are assembling in the war room. Wedges among them. In the center of the room is a holographic model depicting the half-completed Imperial Death Star, the nearby moon of Endor, and the protecting deflector shield. 
Rosa Mothma, the leader of the Alliance, enters the room. Dressed in a flowing blue-green gown, she is a stern but beautiful woman whose blonde hair falls over one side of her face. Conferring with her are several military leaders, including General Todine and Admiral Akbloop, and off-white Mon Calamari. Sonic moves through the crowd until he finds Mario and DK standing next to Peach and the two droids. Mario peers at Sonic's new insignia on his chest and is amused. Well, look at you. A general, uh-huh. Oh, well, someone must have told them about my little maneuver at the Battle of Green Hill Zone. <laughs> well, don't look at me, pal. I just said you were a fair pilot. I didn't know they were looking for somebody to lead this crazy attack. Sonic smiles. I'm surprised they didn't ask you to do it. Well, who says that they didn't? But I ain't a crazy. You're the respectable one, remember? Rosa Mothma signals for attention, and the room falls silent. The Emperor has made a critical error, and the time for our attack has come. This causes a stir. Rosa Mothma turns to a holographic model of the Death Star, the Endor Moon, and the protecting deflector shield in the center of the room. The data brought to us by the Bothan spies pinpoints the exact location of the Emperor's new battle station. We also know that the weapon systems of this Death Star are not yet operational. With the Imperial fleet spread throughout the galaxy in a vain effort to engage us, it is relatively unprotected. But most important of all, we've learned that the Emperor himself is personally overseeing the final stages of the construction of the Death Star. A volley of spirited chatter erupts from the crowd. Mario turns to Peach. <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Admiral Akbloop, please. Admiral Akbloop steps forward and points to the Death Star's force field and the moon of Endor. You can see here the Death Star orbiting the first moon of Endor. Our weapon systems on this Death Star are not yet operational. The Death Star does have a strong defense mechanism. It's protected by an laser shield, which is primarily from the nearby first moon of Endor. The shield must be deactivated if any attack is being attempted. Once the shield is down, our cruisers will break the perimeter, while the fighters fly into the superstructure and attempt to knock out the main reactor. There's a concerned murmur. General Coalition has volunteered to lead the fight of her attack. Mario turns to Sonic with a look of respect. Good luck. Sonic nods his thanks. You're gonna need it. General Todine. Todine moves to center stage. We have stolen a small barrel shuttle, disguised as a cargo ship. And using a second barrel card, a striker will land on the moon and deactivate the shield generator. The assembly begins to mumble among themselves. Sounds dangerous. I wonder who they found to pull that off. General Solo is a strike team assembled. Peach, startled, looks up at Mario, surprise changing to admiration. Uh, my teams are ready. I don't have a commander crew for the shuttle. Donkey Kubaka raises his hairy paw and volunteers. Mario looks up at him. Well, it's gonna be rough, pal. I didn't want to speak for you. <laughs> Mario smiles. That's the one. Uh, General, count me in. I'm a with you, too. They turn in that direction and peer into the crowd as there are more cheers. Two commanders part, and there at the back stands Lukichi. Mario and Peach are surprised and delighted. Peach moves to Lukichi and embraces him warmly. She senses a change in him and looks into his eyes questioningly. What is it? Uh, ask me again sometime. Mario, DK, and Sonic crowd around Lukichi as the assembly breaks up. Uh, Lukichi? Uh, hiya, Mario. Uh, DK. Wah, wah, wah. Exciting is hardly the word I would use. Interior, Headquarters Frigate, Main Docking Bay. The Millennium Falcon rests beyond the stolen Imperial shuttle, which looks anomalous among all the rebel ships in the vast docking bay. DK barks a final farewell to Sonic and leads shy and 3PO up the shuttle, crowded now with the rebel strike toads loading weapons and supplies. Sonic turns to face Mario. Lukiji and Peach have said their goodbyes and start up the ramp. Look, I want you to take her. I mean it. Take her. You need all the help you can get. She's the fastest ship in the fleet. 
All right, old buddy. You know, I know what she means to you. I'll take good care of her. She she won't get a scratch, all right? Mario looks at him warmly. Right. I got your promise now, and not to scratch. Look, would you get going, you pirate? Mario and Sonic pause, then exchange salutes. Oh, good luck. You too. Mario goes up the ramp. Sonic watches him go and then slowly turns away. Interior, Imperial Shuttle, Cockpit. Luigi is working on a back control panel as Mario comes in and takes the pilot's seat. DK, in the seat next to him, is trying to figure out all the Imperial controls. You got her warned? Uh, yeah, she's uh, coming up. Ooh, ah, ah. No, I don't think the Empire had Wookiees in mind when they designed her, DK. Peach comes in from the hold and takes her seat near Luigi. DK hits some switches. Mario's glance is stuck on something out the window, the Millennium Falcon. Peach nudges him gently. Come on, General, let's move. Mario snaps back to life. All right, DK, let's see what this piece of junk can do. Ready, everybody? All set. Here we go again. All right, hang on. Interior, space, the rubble fleet. The stolen Imperial shuttle leaves the main docking bay of the headquarters frigate, lowers its wings into flight position, and zooms off into space. Interior, Emperor's Throne Room. The converted control room is dimly lit, except for a pool of light at the far end. There, Emperor Kamek sits in an elaborate control chair before a large window which looks out across the half-completed Death Star to the giant green moon of Endor. Darth Vader, standing with other members of the Imperial Council, cautiously approaches his master. The ruler's back is to Vader. After several tense moments, the Emperor's chair rotates around to face him. Wow, what is the bidding, my master? Send the fleet to the far side of Ender, and there it will stay until called for. What of the reports of the rebel fleet massing near Sullust? It is of no concern. Soon the rebellion will be crushed, and young Skyrock will be, will be one of us. Your work here is finished, my friend. Go to the command ship and await my orders. Yes, my master. Waiter bows, then turns and exits the throne room as Emperor Kamek walks towards the waiting council members. Exterior, space, Death Star, moon. There is a great deal of Imperial traffic in the area as construction proceeds on the Death Star. Transports, TIE fighters, and a few Star Destroyers move about. Now the huge Super Star Destroyer announces itself with a low roar and soon fills the frame. Interior, stolen Imperial shuttle, cockpit. Mario looks back at Lukichi and Peach as DK flips several switches. Through the view screen, the Death Star and the huge Super Star Destroyer can be seen. If they don't go for this, we're going to have to get out of here pretty quick, DK. Woohoo! <laughs> We have you on our screen now. Please identify. A shuttle to Dirium are requesting a deactivation of the deflector shield. Shuttle to Dirium, transmit the clearance code for shield passage. A transmission commencing. Peach and Donkey Kubaka listen tensely as the sound of a high-speed transmission begins. Now we find out if that code is worth the place we paid. It'll work. It'll work. Lukiji stares at the huge Super Star Destroyer that looms ever larger before them. Away, those on that ship. Now don't get to jittery, Luigi. There are a lot of command ships. Keep your distance, though, DK. But don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. Huh? I don't know. Fly casual. I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. It's your imagination, kid. Come on, let's keep a little optimism here. The Super Star Destroyer grows larger out the window. Interior, Waiter Star Destroyer, Bridge. Lord Waiter stands back to us, staring out a window at the Death Star. Now, some vibration felt only by him causes him to turn. After a moment of stillness, he walks down the row of controllers to where Admiral Gumbiet is leaning over the tracking screen of the controller we've seen earlier. Gumbiet straightens at Waiter's approach. Where is that shuttle going? Shuttle Tidarium, what is your cargo and destination? A parts and a technical crew for the Forster Moon. The bridge commander looks to Waiter for a reaction. 
Do they have a code clearance? It's an older code, sir, but it checks out. I was about to clear them. Waiter looks upward as he senses Lukiji's presence. Shall I hold them? Ah, no, leave them to me. I will deal with them myself. As you wish, my lord. Carry on. Gumbia nods to the controller who switches on his comm link. Interior, stolen Imperial shuttle, cockpit. The group waits tensely. They are not to go in for it to DK. Shuttle Dardarian, deactivation of the shield will commence immediately. Follow your present course. Everyone breathes a sigh of relief. Everyone but Lukiji, who looks worried. <laughs> okay, I told you it wasn't going to work. No problem. Exterior, forest landing site, Endor. The stolen Imperial shuttle sits in a clearing of the moon's dark primeval forest, dwarfed by the ancient towering trees. On an adjacent hill, the helmeted rebel contingent makes its way up a steep trail. Peach and Mara are slightly ahead of DK and Lukichi. The toads of the strike team squad follow, with Shaitu and 3PO bringing up the rear. Wah, wah. Up ahead, DK and Peach reach a crest in the hill and drop suddenly to the ground, signaling the rest of the group to stop. Mario and Lukichi crawl up to take a look. Oh, I told you it was dangerous here. Not far below them, two Imperial Scout Koopas are wandering through the bushes in the valley below. Their two bikes are parked nearby. Shall we try and go around? It'll take a time. The whole party will be for nothing if they see us. Peach motions for the squad to stay put. Then she, Mario, Lukiji, and DK start quietly down. Exterior, forest clearing, campsite. The four friends make their way to the edge of the clearing not far from the two Imperial Scout Koopas. Dickie and I will take care of this. You stay here. Uh, quietly. There might be more of them out there. Mario grins. Hey, it's me. He and DK turn and start through the bushes towards the scouts. Lukiji and Peach exchange smiles. Mario sneaks up behind one of the scouts, steps on a twig, and the Koopa whirls, knocking Mario into a tree. Go for help! Go! The second Koopa jumps on his bike and takes off, but DK gets off a shot on his crossbow laser weapon, causing the scout to crash into a tree. Mario and the other Koopa are in a rousing fistfight. Great. Come on. He starts for the scuffle, followed by Peach with her laser pistol drawn. As they run through the bushes, Peach stops and points to where two more Koopas are sitting on their bikes with an unoccupied bike parked nearby. Over there, two more of them. I see them. Wait, the Peach. But Peach doesn't hear him and races for the remaining bike. She starts it up and takes off as Lukiji jumps on the bike behind her. Lukiji points to the controls. Quick, jam the comlink. Center switch. Lukiji and Peach speed into the dense foliage in hot pursuit, barely avoiding two huge trees. Hey, wait! Ah! He flips the remaining Koopa to the ground. Exterior force, the bike chase. The two fleeing Imperial Scout Koopas have a good lead on Lukiji and Pe as Lukiji and Peach pursue through the giant trees at 200 miles an hour, the green shells from their bike's cannon hitting harmlessly near the moving targets. Move closer. Peach guns it, closing the gap as the two Koopas recklessly veer through a narrow gap in the trees. One of the bikes scrapes a tree, slowing the scout. And get along beside of that one. Peach pulls her bike up so close to the scout's bike that their steering vanes scrape noisily. Lukiji leaps from his bike to the back of the scout's, grabs the Imperial Koopa around the neck, and flips him off the bike into a thick tree trunk. Lukiji gains control of the bike and follows Peach, who has pulled ahead. They tear off after the remaining scout. I get him. The speeding chase passes two more Imperial scout Koopas. These two swing into pursuit, chasing Lukiji and Peach, firing away with their green shells. The two rebels look behind them just as Lukiji's bike takes a glancing hit. Indicating the one ahead, Lukiji says, I keep on that one. I'll take these two. 
With Peach shooting ahead, Lukiji suddenly slams his steering vanes into the braking mode. Lukiji's bike is a blur to the two pursuing scouts as they zip by him on either side. Lukiji slams his bike into forward and starts firing away, having switched places with his pursuers in a matter of seconds. Lukiji's aim is good, and one scout's bike is blasted out of control. It explodes against a tree trunk. The scout's cohort takes one glance back at the flash and pops a mushroom, going even faster. Lukiji keeps on his trail. Far ahead, Peach and the first scout Koopa are doing a high-speed slalom through the death-dealing trunks. Now Peach aims her bike skyward and rises out of sight. The scout turns in confusion, unable to see his pursuer. Suddenly, Peach dives down upon him from above, green shells blasting. The scout's bike takes a glancing hit. Peach moves in alongside him. The scout Koopa eyes her beside him, reaches down, and pulls out a red shell. Before Peach can react, the scout has blasted her bike, sending it out of control. Peach dives off as her bike explodes against a tree. The happy scout looks back at the explosion, but when he turns forward again, he is on a collision course with a giant fallen tree. He hits his brakes to no avail and disappears in a conflagration. In another part of the forest, Lukiji and the last remaining scout continue their weaving chase through the trees. Now Lukiji moves up close. The scout responds by slamming his bike into Lukiji. A fallen tree forms a bridge across their path. The scout zips under. Lukiji goes over the top and crashes his bike down on the scouts. Both riders look ahead. A wide trunk looms directly in Lukiji's path, but the scout's bike beside him makes it almost impossible for him to avoid it. Lukiji banks with all his might, leaning almost horizontal over the scout's bike, and is able to make it by, just clipping the tree. When he straightens, he and the scout discover that their two bikes have locked front veins and are moving as one. Another big tree looms in Lukiji's path. He reacts instinctively and dives off the bike. The two bikes come apart a second before Lukiji's explodes against the tree. The scout sweeps out and circles back to find Lukiji. Lukiji rises from the undergrowth as the scout bears down on him and opens fire with his fire flower. Lukiji ignites his laser sword and begins deflecting the fireballs. The scout's bike keeps coming and it appears that in a second it will cut Lukiji in half. At the last instant, Lukiji steps aside, fires off a blue shell. It chases down the scout's bike, circles over it, then slams down, obliterating the Koopa and its bike in a giant ball of fire. Exterior, Scout Campsite, Forest. Mario, DK, and the droids, along with the rest of the squad, wait anxiously in the clearing. Shaitu's radar screen sticks out of his masked head and revolves, scanning the forest. Wah! Oh, General Solo, someone, somebody's coming. Oh! Mario, DK, and the rest of the squad raise their weapons. Lukiji steps out of the foliage to find the weapons trained on him. He's too tired to care. He plops himself down on a boulder and looks around. Oh, Lukiji, who was a peach? What? She didn't come back. I thought she was with you. We got separated. Lukiji and Mario exchange a silent, grim look. Lukiji gets up warily. Hey, we better go looking for her. Mario nods and signals to a rebel officer. Take the squad ahead. We'll meet at the shield generator at 0300. Come on, Shaiatua. We'll need your scanners. Lukiji, DK, Mario, and the droids move off in one direction as the squad proceeds in another. Don't worry, Master Lukiji. We know what to do. They move off into the woods. 3PO turns to Shy 2. And you said it was pretty here. Hug. Exterior, forest clearing. Peach's crash site. A strange little yellow face with large red circles on his cheeks comes slowly into view. The creature is a Pokemon by the name of Pikachu. He seems somewhat puzzled and prods Peach with a slight shock. The princess groans. This frightens the stubby ball of fuzz and he shocks her again. Peach sits up and stares at the one and three quarters foot high Pokemon. She tries to figure out where she is and what has happened. Her clothes are torn, she's bruised and disheveled. The Pokemon jumps up and fires off a four foot long lightning bolt. Peach watches him as he circles warily and begins zapping her with tiny shocks. Cut it out! 
She stands up, and the Pokemon quickly backs away. I'm not going to hurt you. Peach looks around at the dense forest and at the charred remains of her bike, then sits down on a fallen log. Well, looks like I'm stuck here. Trouble is, I don't know where he is. She puts her head in her hands to rub away some of the soreness from her fall. She looks over at the watchful little Pokemon and pats the log beside her. Well, maybe you can help me. Come on, sit down. Pika? Peach pats the log again. I promise I won't hurt you. Now come here. Pika, Pika! Hi, you want something to eat? She takes a scrap of food out of her pocket and offers it to him. Pikachu takes a step backward, then cocks his head and moves cautiously toward Peach. Pika, 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 Pika! That's right. Come on, hmm? Sniffing the food cautiously, the Pokemon comes toward Peach and sits on the log beside her. She takes off her helmet and the little creature jumps back, startled again. He runs along the log, sparks flying from his cheeks. Pika, 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 Pika! Peach holds out the helmet to him. Look, it's a hat. It's not going to hurt you. Look, you're a jittery little thing, aren't you? Reassured, Pikachu lowers himself and climbs back on the log, coming to investigate the helmet. Suddenly, his ears perk up and he begins to sniff the air. He looks around warily. Pika, Pika, what is it? Suddenly, a laser bolt comes out of the foliage and explodes the log next to Peach. Peach and Pikachu both roll backwards off the log, hiding behind it. Peach holds her own laser gun ready while Pikachu disappears underneath the log. Another shot and still no sight of anyone in the forest. Then Peach senses something and turns to find a large Imperial Scout Koopa standing over her with his weapon pointed at her head. He reaches out his hand for her weapon. Freeze! Come on! Get up! She hands the weapon over as a second scout emerges from the foliage in front of the log. Go get on your ride and take her back to base. Yes, sir. The second scout starts toward his bike as Pikachu, crouched under the log, shocks the first scout on the leg. The scout jumps. Ah! He looks down at Pikachu, puzzled. Peach grabs a branch and knocks him out. She dives for his laser pistol, and the second scout, now on his bike, takes off. Peach fires away and hits the escaping bike, causing it to crash into the first scout's bike, which flies end over end and explodes. The forest is quiet once more. Pikachu pokes his fuzzy head up from behind the log and regards Peach with new respect. Pika. Peach hurries over, looking around all the time, and motions the chubby little creature into the dense foliage. Come on, let's get out of here. As they move into the foliage, Pikachu takes the lead. He shrieks and tugs at Peach to follow him. Interior, Emperor's Throne Tower. The two Red Hammer Bros stand watch at the elevator as the door opens to reveal Waiter. Waiter enters the airy, foreboding throne room. It appears to be empty. His footsteps echo as he approaches the throne. He waits, absolutely still. The Emperor sits with his back to the Dark Lord. I told you to remain on the command ship. Wah! Small rebel forces penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. Yes, I know. My son is with them. Are you sure? I have felt him, my master. Strange that I have not. I wonder if your feelings on this matter are clear, Lord Waiter. Waiter knows what he is being asked. They are clear, my master. Then you must go to the sanctuary moon and wait for him. He will come to me? I have foreseen it. His compassion for you will be his undoing. He will come to you and then he will bring and then you'll bring him before me. Waiter bows. As you wish. The Dark Lord strides out of the throne room. Exterior, forest clearing, Peach's crash site. Mario, Luigi, DK, and the two droids are spread out as they move through the heavy foliage near the clearing where we last saw Peach. Luigi finds Peach's helmet, picks it up with an expression of concern. Luigi! Luigi! Luigi runs with the helmet to where Mario has found the charred wreckage of a bike in the grass. 
Oh, Master Lokiji. Uh, there's a tomb over the bikes back here, and I found this. He tosses the helmet to Mario. I'm afraid that Chaitu's sensors can find no trace of Princess Peach. I hope she's all right. <laughs> DK sniffs the air and then pushes off through the foliage. Oh, what, DK? What? DK? The others rush to keep up with the giant Wookiee. Exterior, forest, dense foliage. The group has reached a break in the undergrowth. DK walks up to a tall stake planted in the ground. There is a dead animal hanging from it. Hey, I don't get it. The rest of the group joins the Wookiee around the stake. Nah, it's just a dead animal, DK. DK can't resist. He reaches towards the meat. DK, wait, don't. Too late. The Wookiee has already pulled the animal from the stake. Spring! The group finds itself hanging upside down in a Pokemon net suspended high above the clearing. Their bodies are a jumble in the net. Mario removes a Wookiee paw from his mouth. Nice work. Great. DK, great. Always thinking with your stomach. Will you take it easy? Let's just figure a way out of this. He tries to free one of his arms. Mario, can you reach my lightsaber? Yeah, sure. Shaitu is at the bottommost point in the net. He extends his cutting appendage and begins slicing at the net. Mario is trying to squeeze an arm past 3PO to get at Lukiji's lightsaber. The net continues to spin. Shaitu, I'm not sure that's such a good idea. It's a very long dr drop. Shaitu has cut through the entire and the entire group tumbles out of the net, crashing to the ground. As they regain their senses and sit up, they realize they are surrounded by dozens of Pokemon, each assuming a threatening pose. What? Uh, hey, aim at something else! Mario pushes the log wielded by Timber out of his face, and a second Pokemon warrior comes up to argue with Timber. The log returns to Mario's face. He grabs angrily and starts to go for his laser pistol. Hey! Mario, don't. It will be all right. The Pokemon swarm through them and confiscate their weapons. Lukiji lets them take his lightsaber. <laughs> DK, give me a crossbow. Shaitu and 3PO are just untangling themselves. 3PO gets free of the net and sits up, rattled. Oh, my head. Oh, oh my goodness. When the Pokemon see 3PO, they let out a gasp and chatter among themselves. The far-fetched nearest her drops his leak and prostrates himself before the droid. In a moment, all the Pokemon have followed suit. Ooh, ooh. Mario and Lukiji regard the bowed creatures in wonder. The Pokemon begin to chant at 3PO. Do you understand anything they're saying? Oh, yes, Master Lukiji. Remember that I am fluent in over six million forms of communication. What are they saying? Hello, I think. I could be mistaken. They're using a very primitive dialect, but I do believe they think I am some sort of goddess. Donkey Kubak and Shaitu think that's very funny. Mario and Lukiji exchange what next looks. Well, why don't you use your divine influence to get us out of this? I beg your pardon, General Solo, but that just wouldn't be proper. Proper? It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. Mario moves towards 3PO threateningly. Why you... The Pokemon move in to protect their goddess, and Mario is surrounded by a menacing circle, several aiming weapons at him. He holds up his hands placatingly. But my mistake, she's an older friend of mine. Exterior Forest A procession of Pokemon winds through the ever-darkening forest. Their prisoners, Mario, Lukiji, DK, and Shaitu, are tied to long poles and wrapped in vines, cocoon-like. Each pole is carried on the shoulders of several Pokemon. Behind their captives, 3PO is carried on a litter, like a king, by the remaining creatures. 
Exterior, forest hallway, moon forest. The procession moves along a shaky, narrow wooden walkway, high in the giant trees. It stops at the end of the walkway, which drops off into nothingness. On the other side of the abyss is a village of mud huts and rickety walkways, attached to the giant trees. The lead Pokemon takes hold of a long vine and swings across to the village square. The other Pokemon follow suit. Exterior, Pokemon Village Square. The procession winds its way into the village square. Mother Pokemon gather their babies up and scurry into their huts at the sight of the newcomers. The group stops before the largest hut. Mario, Lukiji, DK, and Shaitu are still bound to their poles. Mario is placed on a spit above what looks like a barbecue pit, and the others are leaned against a tree nearby. 3PO's litter, Throne, is gently placed near the pit. She watches with rapt fascination. Mario, Lukiji, and DK are less than fascinated. I have a really bad feeling about this. Uh, <laughs> Suddenly, all activity stops as Chansey, the tribal medicine man, comes out of the big hut. He examines the captives carefully, goes to join 3PO, whose throne has been placed on an elevated platform. A larger, gray-haired Pokemon, Chief Oranguru, is examining Lukiji's lightsaber with great curiosity. Chansey speaks to 3PO in the assemblage of Pokemon, pointing to the prisoners tied to the stakes. Chansey! The Pokemon begin filling the pit under Mario with firewood. What did he say? I'm rather embarrassed, General Solo, but it appears you are to be the main curse at a banquet in my honor. The drums start beating, and all the furry heads turn to the large hut. Peach emerges, wearing an animal skin dress. She sees what's happening at the same moment the prisoners see her. A peach! As she moves towards them, the Pokemon block her way. Oh, your, your royal highness. <laughs> Peach looks around at the assembled Pokemon. But these are my friends. 3PO, tell them they must be set free. 3PO talks to Oranguru and Chansey, who listen and shake their heads negatively. The medicine man gestures toward the prisoners. Chansey, Chansey! Several Pokemon jump up and pile more wood on the barbecue with vigor. Peach trades frantic looks with Lukiji and Mario. Somehow, I get the feeling that didn't help us very much. Dipio, tell them if they don't do as you wish, you'll become angry and use your magic. But Master Lukiji, what magic? I couldn't possibly... Just to tell them. 3PO speaks to the Pokemon. The Pokemon are disturbed. Chansey steps forward and challenges 3PO. Lukiji closes his eyes and begins to concentrate. You see, Master Lukiji, they didn't believe me, just... Now the litter throne with 3PO sitting... On it, rises from the ground. At first, 3PO doesn't notice and keeps talking. As I said they wouldn't. W what's happening? Oh, oh dear, oh. The Pokemon fall back in terror from the floating throne. Now 3PO begins to spin as though she were on a revolving stool, with 3PO calling out in total panic at her situation. Put me down. H help, Master Lukiji, Shaitu, somebody, somebody, help. Master Lukiji, Shaitu, Shaitu, quickly, do something, somebody. Oh, oh. The Pokemon rush up and release the bound prisoners. Lukiji and Mario enfold Peach in a group embrace. Lukiji notices the spinning 3PO and slowly lowers the golden droid and the throne to the ground. Chansey orders the little droid cut down. Shaitu crashes to the ground. When the Pokemon set him upright, the little droid is fighting mad. The little red droid begins pursuing the nearest Pokemon, finally getting close enough to zap him with an electric charge. The Pokemon jumps two feet in the air and runs away, screaming. A small group of Pokemon surrounds the giant Wookiee, scratching their heads and marveling at his height. Uh, oh, thank goodness. Uh, thanks, Adipio. I, I never knew I had it in me. Interior, Chief's Hut, Council of Elders. 
A glowing fire dances in the center of the Spartan, low-ceilinged room, creating a kaleidoscope of shadows on the walls. Along one side, a group of ten Pokemon elders flank Chief Oranguru, who sits on his throne. The rebels sit along the walls of the hut, with Threepio between the two groups and Pikachu and Timber off to one side. Threepio is in the midst of a long, animated speech in the Pokemon's squeaky native tongue. The Pokemon listen carefully and occasionally murmur comments to each other. Threepio points several times at the rebel group and pantomimes a short history of the Galactic Civil War, mimicking the explosion and rocket sounds imitating Imperial Walkers. Throughout the long account, certain familiar names are distinguishable in English. Princess Peach, Shytu, Darth Vader, Death Star, Jedi, Obi-Wario Kenobi. Wah, wah, wah. Yes, Shytu, I was just coming to that. Threepio continues with Millennium Falcon, Cloud City, Waiter, Mario Solo, Carbonite, Piranha, bringing the history up to the present time. At the end of it, the Chief, Chansey, and the Elders confer, then not in agreement. The Chief stands. The drums begin to sound, and all the Pokemon stand with a great cheer and screeches. What's going on? I don't know. Lukiji has been sharing the joy with smiling visage, but now something passes like a dark cloud through his consciousness. The others do not notice. Wonderful. We are part, now part of the tribe. Several of the little monsters run up and hug the rebels. Just what I always wanted. Donkey Kubaka is being enthusiastically embraced by a Pokemon while Pikachu clings to Mario's leg. <laughs> well, a shorter help is better than a no help at all, DK. Uh, thank you. Okay. He says the scouts are going to show us the quickest way to the shield generator. <laughs> Lukiji has drifted to the back of the hut. Now he wanders outside into the moonlight. Peach notices and follows. Good. Uh, how far is it? Ask him. Uh, we need some fresh supplies, too. And I try to get our weapons back. Mario pulls 3PO back as he keeps trying to translate. And hurry up, will you? I haven't got all day. Exterior, Pokemon Village. The walkway is deserted now. The windows of the little huts glow and flicker from the fires inside. The sounds of the forest fill the soft night air. Lukiji has wandered away from the chief's hut and stands staring up at the Death Star. Peach finds him like that. Lukiji, what's wrong? Lukiji turns and looks at her a long moment. A pizza. Do you remember your mother? Your real mother? Just a little bit. She died when I was very young. Oh, what do you remember? Just images, really. Feelings. Uh, tell me. She was very beautiful, kind, but sad. She looks up. Why are you asking me this? He looks away. I have no memory of my mother. I never knew her. Lukiji, tell me, what's troubling you? A waiter is here, and now, on the moon. How do you know? I have felt his presence. He's a comer for me. He can feel when I'm near that's why I have to go. He faces her. As long as I stay, I'm endangering the group and our mission here. I have to face him. Peach is distraught, confused. Why? Lukiji moves close and his manner is gentle and very calm. He's my father. Your father? There's a more. It won't be easy to hear it, but you must. If I don't make it back... You're the only hope for the Alliance. Peach is very disturbed by this. She moves away as if to deny it. Lukiji, don't talk that way. You have a power I don't understand and can never have. You're wrong, Peter. You have that power too. In the time, you'll learn to use it as I have. The first is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. And my sister has it. Peach stares into his eyes. What she sees there frightens her, but she doesn't draw away. She begins to understand. Yes, sir. It's a you, Peach. I know. Somehow, I've always known. 
Then you know why I have to face him. No, Lukiji, run away, far away. If he can feel your presence, then leave this place. I wish I could go with you. No, you don't. You've always been strong. But why must you confront him? Because there is a good in him. I've felt it. He won't turn me over to the emperor. I can save him. I can turn him back to the good side. I have to try. They hold each other close and look at each other, brother and sister. Peach holds back her tears as Lukiji slowly lets her go and moves away. He disappears onto the walkway that leads out of the village. Peach, bathed in moonlight, watches him go as Mario comes out of the chief's hut and comes over to her. Peach is crying, her body trembling. He realizes only now that she is crying. Hey, what's going on? Peach attempts to stifle her sobs and wipes her tears. Nothing. I just want to be alone for a little while. Nothing? Come on, tell me. What's going on? She looks up at him, struggling to control herself. I, I can't tell you. Did you tell Lukiji? Is that who you could tell? I... Ah. He starts to walk away, exasperated, then stops and walks back to her. I'm sorry. Hold me. Mario gathers her tightly in his protective embrace. Exterior, forest, Imperial landing platform. An Imperial shuttle floats down from the Death Star and lands gracefully on the huge platform. Now, an Imperial walker approaches the platform from the darkness of the forest. The whole outpost, platform, walkers, military, looks particularly offensive in the midst of this verdant beauty. Exterior, Imperial landing platform. Lower deck. Darth Vader walks down the ramp of the shuttle onto the platform, into an elevator, and appears on a ramp on a lower level. He walks toward another ramp exit and is met by two Koopa Troopas and a Goomba commander with Lukiji, in binders, at their center. The young Jedi gazes at Vader with complete calm. This is a rebel that surrendered to us. Although he denies it, I believe there may be more of them, and I request permission to conduct a further search of the area. The Goomba extends his hand, revealing Lukiji's lightsaber. He was armed only with this. Waiter looks at Lukiji, turns away and faces the commander, taking the lightsaber from the commander's hand. Good work, commander. Leave us. Conduct your search and bring his companions to me. Yes, my lord. The officer and the troops withdraw. Waiter and Lukiji are left standing alone in the oddly tranquil beauty of the place. The sounds of the forest filter in upon them. Wah! The emperor has been expecting you. I know, father. So, you have accepted the truth. I have accepted the truth that you were once a Wanakin Skywalker, my father. Waiter turns to face him. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self. You've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. That was why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't bring me to your Emperor now. Waiter looks down from Lukiji to the lightsaber in his own black-gloved hand. He seems to ponder Lukiji's words. Waiter indicates the lightsaber. I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Waiter ignites the lightsaber and holds it to examine its humming, brilliant blade. Your skills are complete, indeed. You are powerful, as the Emperor has foreseen. They stand for a moment, then Waiter extinguishes the lightsaber. Come with me. Obi-Wario, once thought as you do. Lukiji steps closer to Waiter, then stops. Waiter is still. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny. Assert your feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now. Waiter signals to some distant Koopa Troopas. He and Lukiji stand staring at one another for a long moment. Then my father is truly dead. Exterior, indoor, ridge overlooking shield generator. 
Mario, Peach, Donkey, Kubaka, the droids, Pikachu, and another Pokemon scout, Piplup, hide on a ridge overlooking the massive Imperial Shield Generator. At the base of the generator is an Imperial landing platform. Peach studies the installation. The main entrance to the control bunker is on the far side of that landing platform. This isn't going to be easy. Hey, don't worry. DK and me got into a lot of places more heavily guarded than this. Pika, Pika, Pikachu! What's he saying? He says there's a secret entrance on the other side of the ridge. Exterior, space, rubble fleet. The vast fleet hangs in space near the blue planet. A giant rubble star cruiser is up at the front, but now the Millennium Falcon roars up to a spot ahead of it, tiny in comparison. Interior, Millennium Falcon, cockpit. Sonic is in the pilot seat. His alien co-pilot, Neon Knuckles, takes some getting used to in the familiar environs of the Falcon's cockpit. Sonic speaks into his comlink. Admiral, we're in a position. All fighters accounted for. Proceed to the countdown. All goes assume attack coordinates. Sonic turns to his weird co-pilot. Don't worry, my friends are down there. They'll have that shield down on time. Or this will be the shortest offensive of all time. The co-pilot flips some switches. Okay, prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mark. Alright, stand by. He pulls a lever, and the stars outside begin to streak. Exterior, space, rubble fleet. We are treated to an awesome sight. First the Millennium Falcon, then Akbloop Star Cruiser, then in large segments the huge fleet roar into hyperspace and disappears. Exterior, indoor, ridge overlooking control bunker. Mario, Peach, DK, and the droids, and their two Pokemon guides, Pikachu and Piplup, have reunited with the Rubble Strike Squad. The entire group is spread through the thick undergrowth. Beneath them is the bunker that leads into the generator. Four Imperial Scout Koopas, their bikes parked nearby, keep watch over the bunker entrance. <laughs> Piplup addresses Mario. Piplup, Piplup. I'm back at door, huh? A good idea. Pika, Pika. Piplup. It's only a few guards. This shouldn't be too much of trouble. Well, it only takes one to sound the alarm. The pirate flashes her a self-confident grin. Then will it do it a real quiet alike? 3PO explains what is going on to Pikachu and Piplup. The Pokemon chatter a moment between themselves. Then Piplup jumps up and scampers into the underbrush. 3PO queries Pikachu. Pika, Pikachu? Pika, Pika! Oh, oh my, uh, Princess Peach? Quiet. I'm afraid our feathery companion has gone and done something rather rash. Oh no. Exterior, the bunker entrance. Piplup has slipped out of the undergrowth near where the Imperial Scouts are lounging. He silently swings his feathered ball of a body onto one of the Scouts' bikes and begins flipping switches at random. Suddenly, the bike's engine fires up with a tremendous roar. Piplup grins and continues flipping switches. The Koopas leap up in surprise. Exterior, Ridge, Mario, Peach, and company watch in distress. Ooh, ha, ha. Oh, there goes our surprise attacker. Exterior, bunker. The Imperial Scouts race towards Piplup just as his bike comes into motion. Piplup hangs on by his flippers and shoots away into the forest. Look! Over there! Stop him! Three of the Imperial Scout Koopas jump on their rocket bikes and speed away in pursuit. The fourth watches them go from his post at the door. Exterior, ridge. Mario, Peach, and DK exchange delighted looks. Not too bad for a little feather ball. There's only one left. You stay here. We'll take care of this. Mario and the Wookiee nod at each other and slip down toward the bunker. 3PO moves to stand next to Pikachu and Shy 2. I have decided that we shall stay here. Exterior forest. Piplup sails through the trees, more lucky than in control. It's scary, but he loves it. When the Imperial Scouts pull within sight behind him and begin firing green shells, he decides he's had enough. As he rounds a tree out of, the, out of their sight, Piplup grabs a vine and swings up into the trees. A moment later, the Scouts tear under him in pursuit of the still-speeding, unoccupied bike. 
Exterior, bunker. Mario sneaks up behind the remaining Imperial Scout Koopa, taps him on the shoulder, and lets the Scout chase him behind the bunker into the arms of the waiting Rubble Strike Toads. Mario returns to the front and taps out a pattern on the bunker door's control panel. Everyone stands out of sight, police style, as the door opens. Mario and Peach peek inside. No sign of life. The group enters the bunker silently, leaving one lookout behind. Interior, Death Star, Emperor's Throne Room. The elevator opens. Waiter and Lukiji enter the room alone. They walk across the dark space to stand before the throne. Father and son side by side beneath the gaze of the Emperor. Waiter bows to his master. Welcome, young Skywalker. I have been expecting you. Lukiji peers at the bespectacled figure defiantly. The Emperor smiles, then looks down at Lukiji's binders. You'll no longer need those. The Emperor motions ever so slightly with his finger and Lukiji's binders fall away clattering noisily to the floor. Lukiji looks down at his own hands, free now to reach out and grab the Emperor's neck. He does nothing. Gods, leave us. The Red Hammer Bros turn and disappear behind the elevator. Emperor Kamet returns his attention to Lukiji. I'm looking forward to completing your training. In time, you'll call me Master. You are gravely mistaken. You want to convert me as you did my father. The Emperor gets down from his throne and walks up very close to Lukiji. The Emperor looks into his eyes and, for the first time, Lukiji can perceive the evil visage behind the lenses. Oh no, my young Jedi. You will find that it is you who are mistaken about a great many things. Wah! His lightsaber! Waiter extends a gloved hand towards the Emperor, revealing Lukiji's lightsaber. Kamek takes it. Ah, yes, a Jedi's weapon. Much like your father's. By now, you must know your father can never be turned from the dark side. So, will it be with you? You're wrong. Soon, I'll be dead. And you with me. <laughs> Perhaps you referred to the imminent attack of your bubble fleet. Lukiji looks up sharply. Yes, I assure you, we are quite safe from your friends here. Waiter looks at Lukiji. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Your faith in your friends is yours. Wah! It is pointless to resist, my son. Emperor Kamek turns to face Lukiji. Everything that has transpired has done so according to my design. He indicates Endor. Your friends up there on the Sanctuary Moon. Lukiji reacts. Kamek notes it. Are walking into a trap, as is your rebel fleet. It was I who allowed the Alliance to know the location of the shield generator. It is quite safe from your pitiful little band. An entire legion of my best troops awaits them. Lukiji's look darts from the Emperor to Waiter and, finally, to the sword in Kamek's hand. Oh, I'm quite afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. Interior, bunker, main control room. Mario, Peach, DK, and the Rubble Strike Toads storm through a door and enter the main control room, taking all of the personnel prisoner. All right, up, a move, come on, quickly, quickly, DK. The Rubble Toads herd the generator controllers away from their panels. Peach glances at one of the screens on the control panel. Mario, hurry, the fleet will be here any moment. Charges, come on, come on. Outside, 3PO watches nervously in the bushes as several more controller Buzzy Beetles and Koopa Troopas run into the bunker, leaving guards at the door. 3PO addresses Pikachu. Oh my, they'll be captured. Pika! He takes off full steam into the forest. Wait, wait, come back. Shaitu, stay with me. 
Inside the bunker, Mario looks up from setting charges as an Imperial commander enters. Please, you rebel scum! Mario and Peach spin to find dozens of Imperial weapons trained on them in their cohorts. A poised force of Imperial troops surrounds them. Even more pour into the room, roughly disarming the rebel contingent. Mario, Peach, and DK exchange looks. They're helpless. Exterior, space, indoor, Death Star, rebel fleet. The Death Star and its Sanctuary Moon hang distant in space as the Rebel fleet comes out of hyperspace with an awesome roar. The Millennium Falcon and several Rebel fighters are at the front as the Space Armada bears down on its target. Interior, Millennium Falcon, cockpit. Sonic flips switches, checks the screen, and speaks into the radio. All wings report in! Red Leader standing by! Gray Leader standing by! Gray Leader standing by! Lock as far as an attack position! Interior, Rebel cruiser. From the bridge of the Rebel Headquarters frigate, Admiral Akbloop watches the fighters massing outside his view screen. By the first bullets. Interior, Millennium Falcon, cockpit. Sonic looks worriedly at his echidnan co-pilot, Nian Knuckles, who points to the control panel. We've got to be able to get some kind of reading on that shield, up or down. Well, how could they be jamming us if they don't know we're coming? Sonic shoots a concerned look out at the approaching Death Star as the implications of what he's just said sink in. He hits the switch on his comlink. Break off the attack! The shield is still up! I get no reading! Are you sure? Pull up! Oh crap! Pull up! The Falcon turns hard to the left. Out the window, the stars and the Death Star move off right. Exterior space, Death Star, shield. The Falcon and the fighters of the Red Squad veer off desperately to avoid the unseen wall. Interior, Rubble Star Cruiser, bridge. Alarms are screaming and lights flashing as the huge ship changes course abruptly. Other ships in the fleet shoot by outside as the Armada tries to halt its forward momentum. Take a resurrection! Bring boom, stick close to the holding sector MP7! A Mon Calamari controller turns away from this screen and calls out to Actbloop, quite excited. The Admiral rushes over to the controller. Admiral, we have seen enemy, we have enemy ships in sector 47! On the screen can be seen the moon, Death Star, and the massive Imperial fleet. Akbloop moves to the comlink. Fighters coming in! There is much excitement on the bridge as the attack begins. The Millennium Falcon and several squads of rebel fighters head into an armada of TIE fighters. The sky explodes as fierce dogfight ensues in and around the giant rebel cruisers. That's too many of them! Accelerate to attack speed! Draw their fire away from the cruisers! Copy! Go later! The battle continues around the giant cruisers. Interior, Death Star, Emperor's Throne Room. Through the round window behind the Emperor's Throne can be seen the distant flashes of the space battle in progress. Come, boy, see for yourself. Kamek is sitting on his throne, with Waiter standing at his side. Lukiji moves to look through a small section of the window. From here you will witness the final destruction of the Alliance, and the end of your insignificant rebellion. Lukiji is in torment. He glances at his lightsaber sitting on the armrest of the throne. The Emperor watches him and smiles, touches his lightsaber. You want this, don't you? The hate is swelling in you now. Take your Jedi weapon, use it. I am unarmed. Strike me down with it, give in to your anger. With each passing moment, you make yourself more my servant. Waiter watches Lukiji in his agony. Anora! It is unavoidable. It is your destiny. You, like your father, are mine. Exterior, forest, generator, bunker. Mario, Peach, DK, and the rest of the strike team are led out of the bunker by their captors. The surrounding area, deserted before, is now crowded with two-legged Imperial walkers and hundreds of Imperial troops. The situation looks hopeless. All right, move it. I said move it. Go on. From the undergrowth beyond the clearing comes, wah, 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 wah. 
Hello, I say over there. Were you looking for me? Bring those two down here. Let's go. Shaitu and 3 were standing near one of the big trees. As six Imperial Koopa Troopers rush over to take them captive, the two droids duck out of sight behind the tree. Well, they're on the way. Shaitu, are you sure, that, sure this was a good idea? Freeze! Don't move! We surrender. The Koopa Troopers come around the tree and find the two droids waiting quietly to be taken. As the Imperial Troops move to do that, however, a band of Pokemon drops down from above and overpowers them. Oh, stand back, Shaitu. In a nearby tree, a Pokemon raises a horn to his lips and sounds the Pokemon attack call. All hell breaks loose as hundreds of Pokemon throw themselves into the fray against the assembled Koopa Troopers and their awesome two-legged walkers. Biker Koopas dart about blasting Pokemon, only to be crushed by a volley of rocks tossed by Pokemon from the trees above. In the confusion of the battle, Mario and Peach break away and dive for the cover of the bunker door as explosions erupt around them. Mario goes to the bunker door control panel. The code's changed. We need Shaitu. Here's the terminal. Peach talks into her comm link. Shaitu, where are you? We need you at the bunker right away. Shaitu and 3PO are hiding behind the log as the battle rages around them. Suddenly, wah wah wah, the little asteroid shoots off across the battlefield. 3PO, panicked, runs after him. Going? What do you mean you're going? But, but going where? Shaitu, no, wait, Shaitu, oh, this is no time for heroics, come back. Biker scouts race around and over the two droids, blasting away at the little Pokemon as the little monsters scurry for cover. A group of Pokemon has moved a primitive catapult into position. They fire off a large boulder that hits one of the walkers. The walker turns and heads for the catapult, blasting away with both guns. The Pokemon abandon their weapons and flee in all directions. Just as the walker moves in to stomp the catapult, Pokemon drop vines restraining two huge logs that swing down and smash the walker's head flat. A line of Pokemon hangs desperately to a vine that is hooked to a walker's foot. As the walker moves along, the creatures are dragged behind. Two speeding bikes chase Pokemon through the underbrush. As the scouts round a tree, they are knocked off their bikes by a vine tied between two trees. Exterior, outer space. The Falcon and other rebel fighters are engaged in a ferocious combat with Imperial TIE fighters, the battle raging around the cruisers of the Rebel Armada. Interior, Millennium Falcon, cockpit. Sonic is in radio communication with the pilots of the other rebel squads. Watch yourself, Wedge! Three from above! Where three, where two, pull in! Got it! Three of them coming in, 20 degrees. Cut to the left. I'll take the leader. They're heading for the medical frigate. Sonic steers the Falcon through a complete flip as his crew fires at the ties from the belly guns. Pressure steady. <laughs> Only the fighters are attacking. I wonder what those Star Destroyers are waiting for. Exterior, space, Imperial fleet. The giant Imperial Star Destroyer waits silently some distance from the battle. The Emperor's huge Super Star Destroyer rests in the middle of the fleet. Interior, Super Star Destroyer. Admiral Goombiet and two Goomba commanders watch the battle at the huge window of the Super Star Destroyer's bridge. We're in position now, sir. Hold there. We're not going to attack? I have my orders from the Emperor himself. He has something special planned for them. We only need to keep them from escaping. Interior, Emperor's Throne. Emperor Kamek, Waiter, and a horrified Lukiji watch the aerial battle fireworks out the window and on the view screen. Another rebel ship explodes against the protective shield. As you can see, my young apprentice, your friends have failed. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. Kamek speaks into a comm link. Fire will, Commander. Lukiji, in shock, looks out across the surface of the Death Star to the rebel fleet beyond. Interior, Death Star, control room. Buzzy beetles pull back on several switches. Commander Goombarod stands over them. Fire! 
Interior, Death Star, Blast Chamber. A button is pressed, which switches on a panel of lights. A hooded Imperial soldier reaches overhead and pulls a lever. A huge beam of light emanates from a long shaft. Two Koopa Troopas stand to one side of the control panel. Exterior, Death Star. The giant laser dish on the completed half of the Death Star begins to glow. Then a powerful beam shoots out towards the aerial battle. Exterior, Space, Air Battle. The area is thick with giant ships. In among them, Rebel X-Wings dogfight with Imperial TIE Fighters. Now an enormous Rebel cruiser is hit by the Death Star beam and blown to dust. The Millennium Falcon roars overhead, followed closely by several TIE Fighters. Interior, Millennium Falcon, Cockpit. The ship is buffeted by the tremendous explosion of the Rebel cruiser. Sonic and his co-pilot are stunned by the sight of the Death Star firepower. That blast came from the Death Star! That thing's operational! He speaks into the comlink. Home one, this is goal leader. Interior, Rebel Star Cruiser, bridge. Akbloop stands amid the confusion on the wide bridge and speaks into the comlink. You won't get another chance at this, Admiral. We have no choice, General Carlson. Our cruisers can't hold the firepower of that magnitude. Mario will have that shield down. We've got to give him more time. Exterior, force, generator, bunker. Shaitu and 3PO make it to the door as Mario and Peach provide cover fire. We're coming. Come on, come on. Oh, Shaitu, hurry. The little droid moves to the terminal and plugs in his computer arm. A large explosion hits near Shaitu, knocking him head over heels, finally landing on his feet. The stubby astrodroid's head is spinning and smoldering. Suddenly, there is a loud spring, and Mario and Peach turn around to see Shaitu with all his compartment doors open and all of his appendages sticking out. Water and smoke spurt out of the nozzles in his body. Mario rushes to a terminal as 3PO rushes to his wounded companion. My goodness, Sh Shaitu, why did you have to be so brave? Well, I suppose I could have hotwired the thing. I'll cover you. Flying Pokemon drop rocks onto the Koopa Troopas, dive-bombing their deadly adversaries. One is hit in the wing with laser fire and crashes. A walker lumbers forward, shooting laser blasts at frantic Pokemon running in all directions. Two Pokemon are struck down by laser blasts. One tries to awaken his friend, then realizes that he is dead. Exterior, space, Death Star. The Rebel fleet continues to be picked off from one side by the Death Star's deadly beam, from the other by the rampaging Imperial Star Destroyers. Interior, Millennium Falcon, cockpit. Sonic steers the Falcon Wally through an obstacle course of floating giants. He's been yelling into the comm link. Yes! I said closer! Move as close as you can and engage those Star Destroyers at point-blank range! I back closer and don't last longer against those Star Destroyers! We'll last longer than we will against that Death Star, and we might just take a few of them with us! The Rebel cruisers move very close to the Imperial Star Destroyers and begin to blast away at point-blank range. Tiny fighters race across giant surfaces against a backdrop of laser fire. The control tower of a Star Destroyer is under attack. She's gonna blow! I'm hit! The damaged Y-Wing plummets toward the Star Destroyer and crashes into the control tower, exploding. Interior, Emperor's Tower, Throne Room. Out of the window and on the view screens, the Rebel fleet is being decimated in blinding explosions of light and debris. But in here, there is no sound of battle. The Emperor turns to Lukiji. Your fleet has lost, and your friends on the Ender Moon will not survive. There is no escape, my young apprentice. The Alliance will die, as will your friends. Lukiji's eyes are full of rage. Waiter watches him. Good. I can feel your anger. I am defenseless. Take your weapons. Strike me down with all your hatred and your journey to the dark side will be complete. Lukiji can resist no longer. The lightsaber flies into his hand. He ignites it in an instant and swings at Kamek. Waiter's lightsaber flashes into view, blocking Lukiji's blow before it can reach the Emperor. The two blades spark at contact. Lukiji turns to fight his father. 
Exterior forest. The battle rages on. Koopa troopers fire on Pokemon with sophisticated weapons while their little adversaries sneak up behind the Imperial troopers and launch their own attacks. A walker marches through the undergrowth, blasting Pokemon as it goes. A Pokemon warrior gives a signal and a pile of logs is cut loose. The logs tumble onto the walker's feet, causing it to slip and slide until it finally topples over with a great crash. A scout bike races past and is lassoed with a heavy vine. The other end of the vine is tied to a tree and the bike swings around in ever-tightening circles until it runs out of rope and crashes into the trees with a huge explosion. DK swings on a vine to the roof of one of the walkers. Two Pokemon cling to him. They land with a thud on top of the lurching machine, then hang on for dear life. One of the Pokemon peers through the window. The walker pilot opens the hatch to see what's going on. He is yanked out and, tosses over and tossed overboard before he can scream. The two Pokemon jump into the cockpit and knock the second pilot unconscious. The Pokemon are thrown violently as the mighty machine careens out of control. Outside, DK is almost knocked overboard. He sticks his head into the hatch. <laughs> the Pokemon are too busy and frightened to listen to the Wookiee's complaint. DK slips inside the walker. Donkey Kubaka's walker moves through the forest, firing laser blasts at unsuspecting Koopa Troopas and destroying other Imperial walkers. The Pokemon shout and cheer as the giant machine helps turn the tide of the battle in their favor. Exterior, forest, generator bunker. Mario works furiously at the control panel. Wires spark as he attempts to hotwire the door. He motions to Peach, who is blasting away at some Koopas. I think I got it! I got it! The three wires spark as the connection is made. With a loud whoosh, a second blast door crashes down in front of the first. Mario frowns and turns back to the wires again. Peach exchanges shots with the Koop Troopa in the bushes. Then suddenly, ah. her shoulder is hit by a laser blast. Oh, Princess Peach, are you alright? Let's see. It's not bad. Freeze! They freeze. Oh dear. Don't move! Peach holds her laser gun ready behind Mario, out of view of the two Koopa Troopas moving towards him. Mario and Peach's eyes lock. The moment seems suspended in time. I love you. Another shared look between them as she smiles up at Mario. I know. Hands up! Stand up! Mario stands up slowly and turns, revealing the gun in Peach's hand. She disposes of the stormtroopers in a flash. As Mario turns back toward Peach, he looks up to see a giant walker approach and stand before him, its deadly weapons aimed right at him. He tells Peach, Stay back! The hatch on top of the walker opens and DK sticks his head out. <laughs> DK, get her down of here! She's a wounded! Uh, no, wait! I got an idea! Interior, Emperor's Tower, Throne Room. Lukiji and Waiter are engaged in a man-to-man -man duel of lightsabers even more vicious than the battle on Bespin. But the young Jedi has grown stronger in the interim, and now the advantage shifts to him. Waiter is forced back, losing his balance, and is knocked down the stairs. Lukiji stands at the top of the stairs, ready to attack. <laughs> Good boy, use your aggressive feelings. Let the hate flow through you. Lukiji looks back momentarily at the Emperor, then back to Waiter, and realizes he is using the dark side. He steps back, turns off his lightsaber, and relaxes, driving the hate from his being. <sighs> wow! obi Wario has taught you well! I will not fight you, Father. Waiter backs up the stairs to Lukiji. <sighs> wow! You are unwise to lower your defenses! Waiter attacks, forcing Lukiji on the defensive. The young Jedi leaps in an amazing reverse flip up to the safety of the catwalk overhead. Waiter stands below him. Your thoughts betray you, father. I feel the good in you, the conflict. <sighs> there is no conflict. You couldn't bring yourself to kill me before, and I don't believe you'll destroy me now. You underestimate the power of the dark side. <sighs> if you will not fight, then you will meet your destiny. 
Waiter throws the laser sword and it cuts through the supports holding the catwalk, then returns to Waiter's hand. Lukiji tumbles to the ground in a shower of sparks and rolls out of sight under the Emperor's platform. Waiter moves to find him. <laughs> good, good. Exterior, space, air battle. The two armadas, like their sea-bound ancestors, blast away at each other in individual point-blank confrontations. A Star Destroyer explodes. The Rebel Victor limps away, its back half alive with a series of minor explosions. The Rebel Cruiser manages to move in next to a second Star Destroyer before it explodes completely, taking the Imperial Star Destroyer with it. The Falcon and several fighters attack one of the larger Imperial ships. Watch out! Squad at point oh six. I'm on it! Go leader! Good job, Red 2. Now, come on, Mario, old buddy. Don't let me down. Interior, bunker, control room. Controllers watch the main view screen on which a vague figure of an Imperial Walker pilot can be seen. There is a great deal of static and interference. It's over, Commander. The rebels have been rot. They're fleeing into the woods. We need a reinforcement to continue the pursuit. The controllers cheer. Ascend the three squads to help. Open the back door. Yes, sir. Exterior, forest, generator bunker. As the door to the bunker opens and the Imperial troops rush out, they're surprised to find themselves surrounded by rebels, their weapons pointed at them. Pokemon appear on the roof of the bunker, poised to strike. The Imperial troops throw down their guns as Mario and DK rush inside the bunker with explosive charges. Interior, bunker. Mario, DK, and several Toads rush into the room and plant explosive charges on the control panels and rush out. Oh, throw me another charger! Interior, Emperor's Tower, throne room. Waiter stalks the low-ceilinged area on the level below the throne, searching for Lukiji in the semi-darkness, his lightsaber held ready. <sighs> wow, you cannot hide forever, Lukiji. I will not fight you. Give yourself to the dark side. Wow, <sighs> it is the only way you can save your friends. <sighs> yes, your thoughts betray you. Your feelings for them are strong. <sighs> Especially for... Waiter stops and senses something. Lukiji shuts his eyes tightly in anguish. Sister! Wah! So you have a twin sister! Your feelings have now betrayed her, too! Obi-Wario was wise to hide her from me! Wah! Now his failure is complete! Wah! If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will! And never! Lukiji ignites his lightsaber. Ah! Rushing at his father with a frenzy we have not seen before. Sparks fly as Lukiji and Waiter fight in the cramped area. Lukiji's hatred forces Waiter to retreat out of the low area and across a bridge overlooking a vast elevator shaft. Each stroke of Lukiji's sword drives his father further towards defeat. The Dark Lord is knocked to his knees, and as he raises his sword to block another onslaught, Lukiji slashes Waiter's right hand off at the wrist, causing metal and electronic parts to fly from the mechanical stump. Waiter's sword clatters uselessly away, over the edge of the platform and into the bottomless shaft below. Lukiji moves over Waiter and holds the blade of his sword to the Dark Lord's throat. The Emperor watches with uncontrollable, pleased agitation. Good. Your hate has made you powerful. Now fulfill your destiny and take your father's place at my side. Lukiji looks at his father's mechanical hand, then to his own mechanical black-gloved hand, and realizes how much he is becoming like his father. He makes the decision for which he has spent a lifetime in preparation. Lukiji steps back and hurls his lightsaber away. And never, I will never turn to the dark side. You have failed, your highness. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Emperor Kamek's glee turns to rage. So be it, Jedi! Exterior force, generator bunker. Mario and several fighters run out of the bunker and race across the clearing. A move! A move! 
A shockwave knocks them flat as the bunker explodes, followed by a spectacular display as the huge shield-generated radar dish explodes along with the bunker. Interior, Rebel Star Cruiser, Bridge. Akbloop, sitting in his control chair, speaks into the radio. My shield is down. Commence attack on the death of Reactor. We're on our way. Red Group, Gold Group, all fighters, follow me. <laughs> Told you they'd do it. The Falcon, followed by several smaller Rebel fighters, heads towards the unfinished superstructure of the Death Star. Interior, Emperor's Tower, Throne Room. Lukiji stands still as the Emperor reaches the bottom of the stairs. The Emperor's laughter has turned to anger. He raises his arms toward Lukiji. If you will not be turned, you will be destroyed. Blinding bolts of energy, evil lightning, shoot from the Emperor's hands at Lukiji. Even in his surprise, the young Jedi tries to use the Force to deflect them. At first, he is half successful, but after a moment, the bolts of energy are coming with such speed and power the young Jedi shrinks before them, his knees buckling. The wounded waiter struggles to his feet and moves to stand at his master's side. Young fool, only now at the end do you understand. Lukiji is almost unconscious beneath the continuing assault of Emperor Kamek's lightning. He clutches a canister to keep f from falling into the bottomless shaft as the bolts tear through him. Your feeble skills are no match for the power of the dark side. You have paid the price for your lack of vision. Lukiji rides on the floor in unbearable pain, reaching weakly up towards where Waiter stands watching. Uh, Father, uh, please uh, help me. Again, Waiter stands watching Lukiji. He looks at his master, the Emperor, then back to Lukiji on the floor. Now, younger Skywalker, you will die. Although it would not have seemed possible, the outpouring of bolts from the Emperor's fingers actually increases in intensity. The sound screaming through the room. Lukiji's body writhes in pain. Waiter grabs Kamek from behind, fighting for control of the robed figure despite the Dark Lord's weakened body and gravely weakened arm. The Emperor struggles in his embrace, his bolt-shooting hands now lifted high, away from Lukiji. Now the white lightning arcs back to strike at Waiter. He stumbles with his load as the sparks rain off his helmet and flow down over his black cape. He holds his evil master high over his head and walks to the edge of the abyss at the central core of the throne room. With one final burst of his once awesome strength, Darth Waiter hurls the Emperor's body into the bottomless shaft. The Emperor's body spins helplessly into the void, arcing as it falls into the abyss. Finally, when the body is far down the shaft, it explodes, creating a rush of air through the room. Waiter's cape is whipped by the wind, and he staggers and collapses toward the bottomless hole. Lukiji crawls to his father's side and pulls him away from the edge of the abyss to safety. Both the young Jedi and the giant warrior are too weak to move. Exterior, interior, space battle, fighters and Death Star. Rebel fighters follow the Falcon across the surface of the Death Star to the unfinished portion, where they dive into the superstructure of the giant battle station, followed by many TIE fighters. I'm going in! Here goes nothing! Three X-Wings lead the chase through the ever-narrowing shaft, followed by the Falcon and four other fighters, plus TIE fighters who continually fire at the Rebels. Lights reflect off the pilots' faces as they race through the dark shaft. Now look onto the strongest. Now lock onto the strongest power source. It should be the power generator. Form up and stay alert. We can run out of space real fast. The fighters and the Falcon race through the tunnel, still pursued by the Tie Fighters. One of the X-wings is hit from behind and explodes. Split up and head back to the surface. See if you can get a few of those Tie Fighters to follow you. Copy, Gold Leader. The rebel ships peel off, pursued by three of the ties, while Sonic and Wedge continue through the main tunnel. It narrows, and the Falcon scrapes the side dangerously. Two other TIE fighters continue to blast away at them. That was too close! Neon Knuckles agrees. The battle between the rebel and Imperial fleets rages on. Several cruisers fire at the giant Super Star Destroyer. Interior, Rebel Star Cruiser, Bridge. But I got to get 
start fighting more time. Concentrate all fire on that Super Star Destroyer. X-Wing pilots head across the surface of the huge battleship. Interior, Waiter Star Destroyer, bridge. Admiral Goombiet and a commander stand at the window, looking out at the battle. They look concerned. Sir, we've lost our deflector shield. Intensify the forward batteries. I don't want anything to get through. The commander is looking out of the window where a damaged rebel fighter is out of control and heading directly towards the bridge. Intensify forward firepower! It's too late! Ah! The ship hits the Star Destroyer, causing a huge explosion. The giant battleship loses control, crashes into the Death Star, and explodes. Interior, Rebel Star Cruiser. There's excitement on the bridge as the battle rages on all sides. They cheer as the giant Star Destroyer blows up. Interior, Death Star, Main Docking Bay. Chaos. For the first time, the Death Star is rocked by explosions as the Rebel fleet, no longer backed against the wall, zooms over, unloading a heavy barrage. Imperial troops run in all directions, confused and desperate to escape. In the midst of this uproar, Lukiji is trying to carry the enormous dead weight of his father's weakening body toward an Imperial shuttle. Finally, Lukiji collapses from the strain. The explosions grow louder as Waiter draws him closer. <sighs> Lukiji, help me take this mask off. But you'll die. <sighs> Nothing can stop that now. <sighs> Just for once, let me look on you with my own eyes. Slowly, hesitantly, Lukiji removes the mask from his father's face. There, beneath the scars, is an elderly man with a bulbous pink nose and a sharply angled mustache. His eyes do not focus, but the dying man smiles at the sight before him. Now, go, my son. Leave me. Uh, Noah, you're coming with me. I can't leave you here. I've got to save you. You already have, Lukiji. You were right about me. Tell your sister you were right. Father, I won't leave you. Darth Vader, Wanakin Skywalker, Lukiji's father, dies. A huge explosion rocks the docking bay. Slowly, Lukiji rises and, half carrying, half dragging the body of his father, stumbles toward a shuttle. Exterior, Death Star. The Millennium Falcon leads a swerving bomb run through the immense superstructure of the half-built Death Star. The Rebel Star cruisers outside continually bombard the huge station, and each direct hit is answered by resonating chain reaction explosions within the station itself. Interior, cockpit, and gun ports of the Falcon. Sonic's crew fires away at the pursuing TIE fighters as the dashing Baron of Bespin and his Echidnan co-pilot home in on the main reactor shaft. It is awesome. A lone X-Wing is just in front of the Falcon. Now it is! All right, Wedge, go for the power regulator on the North Tower. Copy, go later. I'm already on my way out. The X-Wing heads for the top of the huge reactor and fires several proton torpedoes at the power regulator, causing a series of small explosions. The Falcon heads for the main reactor, and when it is dangerously close, Sonic fires the missiles, which shoot out of the Falcon with a powerful roar, and hit directly at the center of the main reactor. He maneuvers the Falcon out of the whining superstructure just ahead of the continuing chain of explosions. Interior, Rebel Star Cruiser, Akbloop, and other Mon Calamari lean on the railing of the bridge, watching the large screen showing the Death Star in the main briefing room. Move the fleet right from the Death Star! Exterior, Death Star. An Imperial shuttle, with Lukiji alone in the cockpit, rockets out of the main docking bay as that entire section of the Death Star is blown away. Finally, just as it looks like the Falcon will not make it, Sonic expertly pilots the craft out of the exploding superstructure and whizzes toward the Sanctuary Moon, only a moment before the Death Star supernovas into oblivion. Interior, Millennium Falcon, cockpit. Sonic and Neon Knuckles laugh and cheer in relief. Exterior, Endor Forest. Mario and Peach, DK, the droids, the Rebel Toes, and the Pokemon all look to the sky as the Death Star reveals itself in a final flash of self-destruction. They all cheer. 
They did it. Mario looks down from the sky to Peach, a look of concern on his face. Peach continues to look at the sky as though listening for a silent voice. I'm sure Lukija wasn't on that thing when it blew. He wasn't. I can feel it. You love him, don't you? Peach smiles, puzzled. Yes. All right, I understand. Fine. When he comes back, I want to get in the way. She realizes his misunderstanding. Uh, no, it's not like that at all. He's my brother. Mario is stunned by this news. She smiles, and they embrace. Exterior, indoor forest, night. Lukiji sets a torch to the log stacked under a funeral pyre where his father's body lies, again dressed in black mask and helmet. He stands, watching sadly, as the flames leap higher to consume Darth Vader, Wannick and Skywalker. In the sky above, fireworks explode and rebel fighters zoom above the forest. Exterior, Pokemon Village Square, night. A huge bonfire is the centerpiece of a wild celebration. Toads and Pokemon rejoice in the warm glow of firelight, drums beating, singing, dancing, and laughing in the communal language of victory and liberation. Sonic runs in and is enthusiastically hugged by Mario and DK. Then, finally, Lukiji arrives, and the friends rush to greet and embrace him. They stand close, this hearty group, taking comfort in each other's touch, together to the end. Rebels and Pokemon join together in dancing and celebration. The original group of adventurers watches from the sidelines. Only Lukiji seems distracted, alone in their midst, his thoughts elsewhere. He looks off to the side and sees three shimmering, smiling figures at the edge of the shadows. Obi-Wario, Yoshi, and Wannikin Skywalker. Fade out. Alright, thank you so much for joining us for this very fun episode of Lexicon. Make sure you come back next time when the conversation will continue. But until then, I am and will continue to be Maddie. Lexi. Dylan. And this is Lexi Concluded. May the first be with you. Bye. Bye.